Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Get nasty on a Tuesday. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter, our guy BT, joining us for the first hour of the show. It's the Cardinals Power Hour, and you can, of course, see BT alongside Chip Carey, Bally Sports Midwest, as the Cardinals continue their series against the Kansas City Royals. And hopefully tonight goes a little better than it did yesterday when the Royals combined, almost combined, for a perfect game. Fortunately, the Cardinals broke that thing up late. Uh, unfortunately, they they lose against the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Mike Myers just straight dealing. BT, he was he was working inside, outside, throwing ninety three on the black. Must have looked like ninety seven at times. Just mixing up his pitches, mixing up the levels. I mean, that was pitching. BT. You know what? I feel a little stank on everything that you're saying. I'm picking it up. I'm not in the same room as you, but what? I feel there. I'm, I'm I'm picking up a little bit of stank, like a guy that. Uh, had a nine over a nine ERA over his career at Bush Stadium. Had a six ERA at AAA Omaha, and then comes in and just shoves it right up their bird feathers. Uh, I'm just picking up a, a little something that you're laying down here. Look, and, and I said this during the broadcast yesterday, uh, and this it wasn't to take anything away from from Mike Myers because when you did watch him, he didn't make mistakes. Like he really didn't make a mistake until the eighth inning when he threw a slider to Arenado down the middle and he got the knock. Contreras followed with the knock, uh, and that was all she wrote because, you know, they weren't going to capitalize on that at this point. But uh, whether it sounds like an excuse or not, this team is gassed. They are out of it. They are out of gas right now. They're running on fumes. It's been now today will be 19 games in 19 days, and they've got nothing left to give. So the hope is you, you dig deep, you figure something out before back-to-back off days that they need here badly. But you think about it, whatever your job is, if you do it for 19 straight days and you're expected to perform at a high level, you are not going to be the same person at whatever you do. I don't care what it is by the end of it. And I think that's what we saw in that ball game yesterday. I think that's what we've been seeing here recently out of this team. BT, is there any worry that because they've gotten so far behind the eight ball in the month of April – that like there's just no breathing room. The rest of the season, there's no breathing room because of the amount of ground that they've had to make up and that they still have to make up. So maybe days off that were scheduled to happen you know, don't happen now in certain series because you need those wins. It's already happened. Like that. That's why this team is as gassed as it is because these guys have needed off days 
and the schedule and the hole that they dug has not allowed them to really give it to them. You know, so uh, Jamie, yes, yes, they we've already seen that. Um, the fortunate part is, and this is, you know, it's the luck of the draw. The division sucks. Like the NL Central is not a good division. The Cardinals have the best record in the month of May in the division right now, and I believe it's one game over 500 in the month. So there is they're five and a half games back currently, and you you just know that it's still a winnable division if they start just well first of all get some rest and just play baseball like they did the first couple of weeks of may i don't think that there's this huge concern that they can't dig back into it but i think to your point jamie you're absolutely right we've already seen some of that of not being able to give guys days off this is where the starting pitching needs to step up and it starts with miles michaelis tonight miles michaelis did this a week ago or roughly a week ago when he pitched that that day game against who was it so right before the Cleveland series. Miles Michaelis, day game before the Cleveland. You know what? I black out a lot, but he's been good his eight, uh, last eight Cincinnati. Was that Cincinnati? Yeah. Well, yeah. Seven, seven innings. There you Cincinnati, go. Yeah. Seven, seven scoreless innings in his last start against Cincinnati. It was that 2-1 victory. Limited the Reds to five hits. He struck out five. Didn't walk any. That was the, the, the Cardinals needed that out of Miles Michaelis, and they're going to need that again tonight. If what you're saying, BT, is is true, and this team is running on fumes right now, and you're banged up, you don't have Dylan Carlson, you don't have Tyler O'Neill. Lars Newpar gets injured yesterday. We'll 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 see about the status of him at some point as we draw closer to the game. But you're if you are on fumes, this is where your starting pitching needs needs to grab a hold of the situation, pitch deep into games. Now. I don't know if some some guys can. I know that Adam Wainwright, the veteran, somebody that's given it his all, wasn't able to do that yesterday. But Miles Michaelis has been excellent in his last three outings. He's delivered a quality start in his last three outings, and that's going to have to be more of the same tonight. And he might just he's, have to. He might have to win a pitcher's duel, even against Zach Ranky, who he's crafty, but somebody that can be had. Zach Greinke is Adam Wainwright. They're the same guy at this point in their career. You, you can get to him. You just got to be able to pick your spots, and you'll get your hits. He's not going to go out there and uh, run you down unless you're totally run down, which you are, so that sucks. Uh, but you're right. Like This is a game that Miles is going to have to put the team on his back, and you look back, the last three starts, as you mentioned, have been really good. Honestly, uh, overall, his last eight have been good. The numbers have been good. So uh, I like the way that uh, he's been throwing the ball. And the, the biggest thing that has changed for Miles Michael is, is you're actually seeing him finish off hitters now with two strikes. Doesn't mean it has to be a strikeout. It means just getting them out. And he's not making mistakes with his breaking ball over the middle of the plate. That's what he did against Toronto, Atlanta, and Colorado, where he ended up giving up 16 earned runs in those three outings combined. He has looked like a different dude, and they're going to need a steadying presence tonight to somehow like will them through this game. And uh, I'm with you. I think I think you might need seven again uh, again out of him. That's what he's done in the last two outings. I hope he's got seven more in his pocket. BT, what do we make of Jack Flaherty right now? Because you know it seems like one game on, one game off, one game on, one game off, and yeah, I, I feel like it's um, it's a bit of a guessing game when he's on the mound. You just don't know what version of Jack Flaherty you're going to get. And I'm just wondering, you know, what are you seeing between his starts? Like, what is the big difference maker? 
Well, I, I think that what you should expect out of him is exactly what you said. Let's see, flip a coin uh, on a given day. When he is successful, he's putting his fastball where he wants it, and he's been finishing off hitters. The last couple of good outings for him, too, he kind of went away from his slider a little bit more and threw more of his uh, more of his curveball, had a good feel in his hand, worked well off of his fastball. But Jack Flaherty is, uh, is a guy that we've seen the upside but I mean, you can't you, you can't go out there on a given day and know what it's going to be. Jamie, to your point, three starts ago, he went seven, didn't give up anything against the Brewers. Against the Dodgers, it was four and two thirds. He ended up walking four guys, just didn't get deep into the ball game, didn't have a feel for his stuff, and then he bounced back against the Guardians on the national game and went seven strong, only gave up one earned run. It's up and down. Uh, but there needs to be consistency, and that's the entire case of this rotation. You came in with the rotation being a question mark. It continues to be past the third way through uh, of the season, and it, it's one where there's just not an answer in sight. It's not like it's just going to fix itself overnight. Yeah, Jack's going to help that. Miles continued to do what he's doing is going to help. You're going to need Jordan Montgomery to get back to where he was a little bit earlier, where he's going deeper into ball games because that's really important. But this uh, this team's going to need some help from outside the organization. They're going to have to spend some of that prospect currency if they want to get over the hump in the second half. That's Brad Thompson, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalzer. It's the fast lane on one on one on one ESPN, where it's two eleven. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Well, let's get into the internal help. BT just mentioned some external help. Let's talk about Matthew Libertor, who was inconsistent, I guess. I mean, there's some there's some good and there's some bad to come out of the start that he made against Cleveland on Friday. Bad, it was really just all one inning, but unfortunately it also was the just kind of the, the undoing of Libertor and the undoing of the Cardinals. But let's get into Libertor and also Steven Matz having his spot in the rotation skipped over. What does that mean for him in the current and in the future? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Matt will be out of the pen. He was out of the pen while we were in Cleveland as well. Uh, we didn't uh, have an opportunity to use him, but uh, he'll be out of the pen for the next two days. Then we have the two off days leading into Pittsburgh, and we'll make a decision in, as to what our rotation will look like then. Cardinals manager Ali Marmel talking about Steven Matz being used out of the bullpen over the last couple of days, actually just yesterday, in fact. He went two and two-thirds, gave up two hits, allowed one run. It was earned. He struck out four, didn't walk any, but Steven Matz, Again, pitching out of the bullpen after having his start skipped over. And that was, that was going to be tonight's start. So Miles Michaelis taking over tonight. Steven Matz back in the bullpen. BT, were you surprised at all that Matz didn't get his start? Because I was under the impression, this is just me, I threw it out there last week to Anthony. You may have been on the show, I, I can't remember now, but I thought that Ollie maybe wouldn't want to disrupt things and just let Matz go out there, but be ready for a piggyback situation and then use the two days off as sort of a reset. But... Obviously, Ollie didn't agree with me on that one. We need BT back up. BT has to unmute himself there. There it is. Hey, guys, there's a mute button (laughs) on this. Uh, And at times, 
I forget <laughs> to do it. Um, so I got to the point where I was starting to get surprised that he continued to make the start. You know what I mean? Like we, we talked about it each one. It's like, hey, does he get another one? Does he get another one? Uh, so, no, I, I wasn't surprised that Matthew Libertor got that one and uh, they made the move to put Mats in the pen. By the way, I thought Mats outing yesterday was an encouraging one out of the bullpen. Threw his fastball well. Actually located his fastball down. How many times have we talked about Steven Matz and the idea, at least for me, the concept of Steven Matz being a, a sinker baller that doesn't throw a sinker down in the zone, only throws it up, makes little sense to me, especially when one of his secondary pitches is a changeup that I'd like it to mimic the fastball. If you see that changeup down, well, you're probably going to spit on it, chances are, because the sinker's always up. I thought he did a good job of throwing his sinker down. Um, he had been getting into the habit, and we saw a couple of them yesterday, but we saw a couple of good ones, of telegraphing his changeup, and I think it's something that he's, he's He's, he's definitely aware of and focusing on a little bit more. He slows himself down a little bit. I think the hand gets to the side of it, so you're picking that up a little bit early. But I thought it was encouraging for him. But, no, I wasn't surprised that they went with Matthew Libertor. With what we were just talking about last segment, guys, of how this rotation, you knew it was a question mark. It, it is – I mean, if you had to put out a uh, – a, like a term for it, I would say highly combustible, right? I mean, that's kind of what it is. Uh, highly flammable. Like don't, yeah, don't smoke near this thing. Um, so I, I would just think that you had to try something else. That try something else was Matthew Libertor, who they tasked with going down to AAA, seeing if he could retain his velocity. He did that. And uh, I thought that he did a good enough job to get another turnaround. So they are going to see how they want to line this thing up. I don't think that we're going to see Libby starting game one against the Pirates. You have two days off. You can keep, uh, you know, Jack on normal rest if you wanted to. He could go. Or, I mean, you got a few different options here against the Buccos. But I say give Libby another turnaround, keep Matts in the bullpen, use him as a long reliever, which you could use, and see where it goes from there. So it's safe to say, BT, based on what you're saying, and, you know, I'd kind of thrown out to the guys, too, in our pre-show stuff, I – they're they're just they're just go, seeing how it, how it goes really with this starting staff, and I'm not saying they don't have a plan. It's just there's not anything more they can do right now. They they can't make a trade, or at least one that's going to be significant. I don't think you want Madison Bumgardner coming in. He's the only other guy that's like a free agent that you could you could look at. Stop it, Anthony. No thanks. So, exactly. So Stop. this is this is your your this is your one internal option right now. But it might not be one that is going to make wholesale changes. So they're just going to have to see how it goes through this off day, through Stephen Matz maybe getting another look in the in the bullpen, and through another Matthew Libertor start. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, the only spot that they're seeing how it goes is that spot, is the Libertor slash Matz spot. Sure. Everything else, you know who you've got. So, uh, yes, that one, and, and which is very typical in rotations, right? That fifth spot is usually kind of up for grabs throughout the season, in and out uh, with different guys. You were just hoping that that wasn't going to be Stephen Matz, who you spent a lot of money on, that spot being up for grabs. Like, that's the part that sucks about it but I think it was the right move and hopefully one and I know Stephen was being diplomatic and he's not a guy that wants any controversy he's going to say the right things uh, but he basically said uh, when he was asked about the move to the bullpen I think he said and I'll get the terminology wrong but he said like I'm neutral on this move or something like that uh, like I and I said on the broadcast yesterday uh, I said I'd rather he be mad about this move I would rather this move like like eats him up and he is angry and ticked off because I feel like he might 
he might feed off of some of that angry and ticked off, and then we'll see that great stuff that he's got out there. I want to see more of it, uh, but I want to see more of it out of the bullpen. But um, I, I don't know, like what what else could you do, Anthony, Jamie? Like when, when you're looking at this rotation and the pieces that are there, like I'm not sure there's much more mixing and matching to be done at this point. No, I agree. I don't. I think what you have at the major league level is just that what you have. Now the question I would ask, and I. I don't know for sure, but I know they sent Zach Thompson down to try and stretch him out because they wanted him to have uh, the ability to be a starter. I don't think that's going to play out very quickly. As The know, reports haven't been good as of late out of Thompson. Thompson's been getting beat up a bit. Is there anybody down there that you're like, you know what? What the heck? Let's give this guy a start and see where we go from there. Not right now. I mean, not for me, really. I mean, you're seeing certain guys progress. I, I like... Uh, uh, you're still intrigued uh, by Graceffo. I think you're still intrigued by potentially Mike McGreevy. But I want to give these guys actual time to develop and learn how to get out hitters before you end up just jumping them right into the pool. And you got guys that are under guaranteed contracts right now at the big league level. Uh, what this team could use is a little bit more flexibility in their bullpen. We've talked about this a lot when it comes to options and just having pieces they can move in and out, that I-55 shuttle. I feel like that would be something that could be beneficial and maybe get some of these guys an opportunity. But I don't know who else is is beating down the door for me at AAA that says, all right, well, he's got to be there. So, BT, so when we look at this this rotation, and Anthony and I have talked about it, and I know look, you're in, you're in it every day watching every game and calling the games – like for me personally, it's just too many question marks right now. There's too many question marks for the Cardinals as far as a competitive team. And I know they're competitive because the division just not great overall. But you know, your, your sure thing right now is Miles Michaelis. He's the one guy you know what you're going to get. Montgomery, he's right there in the two slot behind Michaelis. But after that, it's just question marks. And Adam Wainwright, um, you know. <sighs> He's, obviously, there's some seeing-eye hits out there. Wayno uh, is unhappy with the luck that he's gotten, but he's also had a few that have been ripped off the bat out there as well. There's some guys that are hitting the ball pretty hard on Adam Wayne, right? Jack Flaherty, we just talked about. It's a coin toss as to what you're going to get uh, from from start to start. And then Matthew Libertor, you just don't know either. You know, you got one version of him, and the other one's fine, but then is that too much pressure to put on Matthew Libertor now? No, you're right, and it's the same questions that have been there all year, and it goes back to the organization making bets on guys returning to form. Guys like Steven Matz has not returned to the form, uh, has returned to the bullpen. Uh, You've had Jack Flaherty returns to form here and there. Two out of the last three have been very good for, for Jack, but it hasn't looked dominant from, you know, start to finish at this point. So those bets right now, don't look like great ones. We're going to find out here. And I, I think, again, it's very difficult to assess what you're seeing here at the back end of 19 games in 19 days. But they are going to get a little bit of a recharge. They do have an opportunity to make a run. Pittsburgh's a team that they need to beat. They came back to earth quite a bit. Texas is going to be a challenge for these guys. But they need to figure out somehow, some way as a starting staff to get deeper into ball games. Because if you don't do that, you're continuing to put a lot of pressure right now uh, on your bullpen. And offensively, 
this team, the last six games at least, has been taxed. We talked about the, the workload there. You're in so many tight games. You have to go out and use the same relievers over and over again. And at some point, they, you know, they, they're bending. They might end up breaking. you got to make sure you're taking a little pressure off those guys. That's Brad Thompson, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. Lineup is out, so we'll play the lineup wow. game next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, treks, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed you can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time to play the lineup game in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Full disclosure, BT already received the lineup, so he's going to sit this one out. Jamie, you and I apparently have our hands full. Yeah, we do. I mean, with the lineup. Yeah, of course. The texters are already saying, oh, good luck with the lineup, boys. So this should be fun. I feel like they do that sometimes, though, just to mess with us. You know, not that our text line would mess with us, but yes, they'd mess with us. I'm assuming no Lars Newbar. What? You don't think Lars can battle through some of this stuff, Anthony? I, I do. I'm ashamed of you. I don't think he will, though. I don't like the, your disrespect at all. Show us. Brendan Donovan. <laughs> Skewer me and uh, still get it right. Nice job. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Jamie. Oh, the big fundy from down under. Paul Goldschmidt. <laughs> what? I love gold. I have no idea. I don't think that's right. That's a new thing. Nolan Gorman here. Yeah, let's go. Show us Stormin Norman Gorman. Stormin Gorman. He's taking the league by storm. Anthony, go ahead. Show us Noah Arnado. Can I say one more thing? Sure. Albert Pujols, I love you, man. Oh, this was easy. Oh, this was easy. You guys are all over this. Yeah, we are. BT Big. must know something. Show us. Big. Willie Contreras. Wilson! 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 All right, Jamie. All right, this is where I've this, gotten into my own headspace here now. This is where things could get tricky. Uh-huh. I think Paul DeYoung gets the day off. 
That's no. what I feel. I feel like Paul DeYoung gets a day off. I, th- I don't think you can. Why? You need Edmund in the outfield. Do you? You have Juan Yepes. That guy's well-rested right now. You need Tommy Edmund in the outfield. <laughs> so, there's that. Who's going to play center field? Mercado? Probably. Okay. Left so, field? Who we left got? Left field could be Donovan. Right field could be... Edmund? Edmund. Okay. So then... You can, use, you can use DeYoung at short, Norman at second. Norman. Norman. <laughs> He's a new guy, huh? Storm and Norman. Okay, so then I'm just so – this is where the, the text line's gotten into our head because I feel like it's a, it's kind of a no-brainer here, but I feel like there's some kind of a trap door here somewhere. Who could be the trap door? Uh, I, I mean, a DH, I guess, whoever the DH winds up being. Oh, you think Kisner might get Maybe. But here, I think DeYoung is still seventh. Okay. DeYoung is, let's reverse engineer this a little bit. If we like Mercado in center field, Mercado is in, is is hitting what, eighth eight or, or ninth? Nine. Yeah, eight or nine. Edmund, somewhere in this lineup, hitting ninth or eighth. So then who's sixth? I don't know. Would you put Tommy Edmund at six? No. Would no. you? And then DeYoung at seven? No. I think this is, this is, oh man. I know. Burleson? Is Gorman the DH and Donnie's playing second? Oh, I could see that. See? Yeah, okay. So Burleson. So Burleson and left. Yeah. All right, yeah. I like that. Go ahead. So Gorman's the DH. Donovan's at second. Edmonds in right. Show us Alec Burleson and left. Oh, boy. (laughs) You're so rugged and manly. (laughs) <laughs> I've never heard that. You haven't heard that one? I love it. Oh, so BT, BT hadn't said a, a word. Nothing. Not a f- <laughs> And then he heard, he heard that one. He starts giggling. That is one of my favorite. All right, so I don't this- want to mess with the thought process here, boys. I'm just hanging out, listening to the show. All right. So this is DeYoung. This is forever DeYoung. There you go. Show us. <laughs> show Paul, forever DeYoung. <laughs> The king has returned. <laughs> I wish everybody could have seen that. Jamie and I both looked up simultaneously at Marsh, who, who just looked at us right back. And Jamie and I were like, oh, yeah. Well, you got so mad at him the one day because he played it, and you were like, I need to say, show us before you hit the button. <laughs> I don't think that was me. It was terrible, actually. I think Marsh said, hey, I need <laughs> I need some sort of indicator here. Oh, he my got, it's like signs. He called me later that need the indicator. And he was worried. You're that, absolutely like, right. You were mad yeah. at him. It was the indicator. For sure. We work through it. We're adults. All right. So what do we got here then? This is Mercado or Edmund. Edmund. Or or there's no or. You don't think Yippie gets a chance? No. <laughs> well, what? Who, so where is Edmund then? He's, He's not in the lineup. No. They've had enough of him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I, what, what do you think? I don't know what I think anymore. This is this I, is. Where... I think this is some sort of combination between Mercado and Edmund. I think, I think Oscar Mercado is batting ninth, and it's Tommy Edmund or Juan Yepes at eight. Okay. So who do you want to go with? I mean, Tommy Edmund seems to make sense. That's what I think. All right, go ahead. Show us Tommy Edmund. You're wrong. Right. Son of a batch of biscuits. So you think this could be Yepes? I don't know. Who the hell else could it be? I don't know. What could Mercado? Be Mercado? Yeah. I think it's Yippy. All right, go for it. Show us Juan Yepes. 
Right on, Jamie. Right on. Wow. Yippee! Okay. It's my guy. So he's got a VDH in then? No, he's in the field. Have you seen that guy's glove? No, he's not. his arm? All right, so this is Mercado. (laughs) Yes, this is Oscar. Show us Oscar Mercado. What a shame. (laughs) Who the hell's in center field then? Not Tommy Edmund. 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 There's only... there's. There's nobody else who can play center for it you. It ain't Burleson, that's no, for sure. No, it's not sure. Yippie. Or Yippie. Oh, my I God. I bet you he is. I bet she's the center fielder. Show, show us. Show us Tommy Edmund. <laughs> but right now, I'm going to need you, Tommy boy, to get this place going. All right, so this what is this is... becomes really important then. What do you run it, Marsh? <laughs> Seriously, please. Leading off, playing right field, Brendan Donovan. Batting second, first baseman, Paul Goldschmidt. Batting third, second baseman, Nolan Gorman. Your cleanup hitter, third baseman, Nolan Arenado. Batting fifth, catcher, Wilson Contreras. Batting sixth in left field, Alec Burleson. The shard stop, batting seventh, Paul DeYoung. Batting eighth, the DH, Juan Yepes. Wow, he is. And in center field, Tommy Edmond. BT, quickly here before we get into our home run picks. When's the last time Tommy Edmond played center field, if ever? He played uh, he played center field two years ago a bit. I'm not sure if he played any center field last year, but he did play out there. He's a really good fielder wherever you put him. He can man center field. He'll be fine. I, I do wonder what that tells you about Oscar Mercado, though, yeah. what they've yeah. seen. Mercado's here to be a defensive replacement. He, I've wanted to replace him defensively a couple of times. <laughs> Why? He, in, he assisted in a week. home run. Yeah, he did a great job with that. I mean, that's not even like like ground balls he's coming up and missing. I think that they're uh, they're they're putting out their best lineup, and Tommy Edmonds a part of it. They trust him out there. Yeah, fair. I mean, makes sense. It, it does tell you a lot, though, about Oscar Mercado's future here. Yeah, true. Immediate or otherwise. All right, BT, you're, you are our guest, so you have honors. All right, I, I am going to go with uh, one of the two gentlemen that got a hit yesterday. That should narrow it down. Um, and I'm going uh, I'm going Big Willie style. I'm going Wilson Contreras is just going to go angry hack, yes. mad ball. He's going to get a breaking ball up from Granky, and he's going to put it in the uh, bullpen. I'm going with uh, Wilson Contreras as my pick to click. He has five plate appearances against Zach Granky. Two of them left the yard. So, BT. Violent at bats. BT knows what he's doing. Jamie, what do you got? All right. Uh, BT to Contreras. I'm going to go with a little little off the board here. Uh, although he's so far down the order, I don't know. I'm going to rethink here real quick. I was thinking, yippee. But he's so far down the order. We do may- it. No. No. I'm going to go. I'm going to do something I haven't done all year. I'm going to go with Nolan Gorman. <laughs> <laughs> That's your default. Yeah, All right. it is. Marsh, what do you me? want? No. I'm looking at the home run derby just spreadsheet that I have. Jamie has picked Nolan Gorman the last four times mm-hmm. and the last five out of six. Yeah. It's paid off, too. So When you got a good horse, you bet on it. Uh, he has not won one of those. Shushy. <laughs> I am going to go with a leadoff home run from Brendan Donovan. Wow. To okay. get these guys going. All right. Well, BT took the... the one got one of two guys 
that have homered off of Zach Greinke. The other guy has three home runs in 34 plate appearances, and that's Paul Goldschmidt. So I'm going to go with Goldie for my selection. All right. There you have it. There's your home run derby for tonight. All right. How does the Newt Bar injury affect the outfield? Well, Beatsy right. just told us some of it. I think we're already seeing it. Yeah. yeah just look at the lineup, but that'll be it. I guess we'll just Go stay get quiet. him, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the outfields, some of the offense. Why Why the? Why is it slowed down? And uh, is it because of the fact that you played a bunch of games in a short amount of time? We'll get into that next with BT here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. This one is deep out to right center, way back to the wall, and it is up against the wall. You see Newt limping a little bit. Newt Barr really walking gingerly. Ollie Marmel is going to come out as well. That looks like that's going to be it for him. Better safe than sorry. Not great. No, Janet, that situation was not great as Lars Newbar impacted by that injury, had some back spasms, had to come out of the game. But I'll tell you what is great, the sexy voice of one Brad Thompson. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say Janet. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I did too. Janet I as well. I mean, let's Janet. be honest, Janet, always, always leaving us uh, sexy mic drops. So thank you for that. What, Jamie? You know you're the recipient, recipient of them. I love Janet. We all do. How's Janet doing? I haven't heard from She's her. She's doing at all. great. She chimes Good. in yeah, she, on a regular basis. She's absolutely. still listening. All the I'm still listening. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They miss yeah. you, Brad. They do. I don't know about that, but I miss them. I Lisa misses that. you. She does. She still says things do. all the time. Boy, Lisa's very, very vocal on Twitter. I've noticed that recently. Mm-hmm. She's she passionate. That going for That's what it is. That's what I'm saying. Passionate. That's what I meant. I meant passionate on Twitter. Yeah. You mean vocal matter. and passionate, Brad? Sure. She's vocal yes. about her passion, which Correct. happens to be yes. the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, the what the That's hell? That's what I'm saying. Apparently she's on the line. half of the stuff that you put out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, BT, Lars Newbar. We don't know how long he's going to be out, but we do know he's not going to be in the lineup tonight as we just did the lineup game. Jamie and I were both a little surprised that Tommy Edmonds playing center field, but as you noted, Brad, this really does tell us all we need to know about Oscar Mercado, who was up here to be a defensive replacement. Well, just an update uh, on that. Apparently, um, this is Tommy Edmonds' first start ever as a center fielder, but he's played it three times before. Okay. He's first entered start, the, yeah. but he's entered the game as a center fielder. Correct. Yeah. Just to set the table. BT, your thoughts? I think he's going to be great out there, and he's going to range down everything, and I also hope that Lars Newbard gets back quickly because we know how important he is to this team. Uh, when it comes to the overall uh, thought of the outfield right now, boy, uh, remember what I said earlier about the rotation um, being highly combustible? Uh-huh. I don't think that the outfield fits the highly combustible, but it's not exactly how you pictured it right now. Um, now, you're very fortunate that you have two really good athletes who are, quote-unquote, infielders by trade that can play out there. Donovan and Edmund, put them out. Put them anywhere for me, and I feel very confident that they're going to get the job done. Uh, I, I don't care what position it is. 
but you had other thoughts in mind. Tyler O'Neill apparently swung off the tee uh, like a couple of swings. Apparently his back didn't respond well. I don't think he's anywhere near returning. Um, Dylan Carlson a little bit closer, doing, a, I think, a few more baseball opportun- or, uh, baseball activities, hopefully get some more clarity on his situation. He's going to have to go out on a rehab. Uh, my thought is right now with the outfield, you still want Edmund and Donnie in the lineup pretty much every day. So it really helps having them with that versatility because DeYoung, even though he's over his last 20, uh, he's been in there every day. Gorman can play second. That frees up your DH spot. That's uh, that's uh, good news. But I, I, it might be time to call back Jordan Walker at this point. Uh, the young man, the last couple of weeks, he's been a lot better. They've seen some uh, things go better for him. And not calling back as a savior, just calling back because he's one of your best options right now when it comes to the outfield mix. What do you guys think about Walker? Yeah, I would love to see him back up here. He was supposed to be, and it's okay, but he was supposed to be somebody that was going to play all year long, you battle through the adversity with. And I understand why they sent him down. They wanted to make sure that he could get you know, the ball in the air more and not just be a single hitter, unlock that power. And clearly, BT, you would know better than we would, but you don't send Jordan Walker down if you can develop him at the big league level, if you can unlock that power while also trying to win games. They felt as though that they couldn't, they couldn't do both, and they had other options at that point, so send him down and allow him to work on his game at, at the minor league level. That's fine. But... He's turned things around offensively. You now have an outfield that has been depleted because of injuries. I think now is a perfect time to bring the number one prospect back up. Yeah, it's an option, right? You just go back to thinking about what your highest upside is right now. That doesn't mean he stays up the rest of the season or stays up for the next 20 years. Oh, yes, it will, BT. I know. Obviously, it means that. I just had to throw it out there just in case. It didn't. We all know that. Uh, But just in case uh, that that didn't happen. But right now, when you look at some of the options that you have, he is one of your higher upside options. You bat him seventh or eighth, and you let him go out there and do his thing and find out what you got. Uh, I I do – Going back to when they sent him down, I do think it was the right decision. I really do. Instead of working through things and trying to change some things at this level and having a ton of microphones in your face every day you go over, that's a bad place to be. But right now, you got two different guys on the IL. The hope is it's not three with Newbar. We'll find out, leaving the game with back spasms. I'm sure we'll hear more as the media uh, gets access to the clubhouse today with Lars Newbar and his status. But it's one of your best options that you have. I mean, uh, are you going to make – who would you rather see at this point? And, and this is with all due respect because I'm intrigued by the player. Like Jordan Walker or Moises Gomez? Jordan Walker. Yeah, yeah give, me, give me Jordan Walker. We'll find out. I think he's going to play a better defense potentially than, than Gomez as well. Like, uh, And still brings that power potential even though I believe Moises Gomez might have 10 bombs at AAA. Um, I, it might be time to just make a little shift out there and give another opportunity. So what's the what's the roster move then? Mercado, Mercado I would think. Yeah. I mean, at some point, I'm mean, not not totally playing GM here. I'm just trying to think through it. No, if no, you I'm were just going to make a move, here a bit. or, or another IL. The hope the hope is it wouldn't be new bar to the IL, right? Your your logical options are potentially Mercado or Yepes if you're just looking at the roster of 
whose spot that would be. Mercado thought of as obviously a better defender than Juan Yepes. He's had his struggles, though, out there defensively as of late, uh, but he does have speed. That's a nice element that you like to end up having on your bench as well. So, look, there are some moving parts. I really do think that there are going to be some things in the next couple of days. Cardinals have back-to-back off days, which never happens. It's going to feel like a mini all-star break, uh, even though the team does end up traveling to Pittsburgh on Thursday during the uh, during the second off day. Um, I think there's going to be some roster churn and this is not knowing anything this is just outside looking in uh feeling like you want to jump start a, a couple of things potentially so maybe we see a move or two i know we'll see that rotation reset as ollie was talking about try to figure out how they best want to deploy this here going forward against pittsburgh uh and then texas before they have another off day the following thursday um but it's this team needs a reset badly, boy. That off day tomorrow, I hope it's like mandatory hibernation. I hope they put ankle bracelets on all of the players, and you can't leave your bedroom. That's it. <laughs> Forget it. Family can't go anywhere. Sorry about it. Can't go. You want to go to the zoo? Zoo's closed, kids. The zoo is closed. <laughs> can't go. Need to rest. It's one way you could do it, BT. That makes that makes or, a lot of or, sense. Or you know, do whatever you want to do. Just come back energized. I'd have them all say, hey, uh, all the players stay in a hotel. You don't get to go home. We need you to get rest. (laughs) 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 The wives would lose it. (laughs) John Mosaloc, line two. (laughs) Screaming wives, line one. BT, have a great call tonight. We'll be watching you on Bally Sports Midwest. We miss a man, and we're uh, we're thankful to have you on for an hour today. Dude, I, I love uh, being on with you guys. Miss you guys as well. And hopefully we get something good to talk about. Uh, yeah. Miles Michaelis, let's go Moose. Because let's we're going to need him, Jamie. He's going to dominate. Go. He's going to dominate tonight. To, yeah, he will. I'll talk to you guys on Friday. All right, See that's you, Brad everybody. Thompson here in the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. You can, of course, watch him again tonight. Bally Sports Midwest as the Cardinals host the Royals at 645. It'll be Miles Michaelis versus Zach Granke. Well, we got a, we have our matchup for the Stanley Cup final. And we thought it was going to be this matchup, but Dallas certainly made it interesting. Of the BT still. We're watching BT as he signs off. He's <laughs> fist bumping. The Vegas kid, of course. Of course he is. We know that it's going to be Vegas. He just gave the Vegas baby. He might have mute, muted himself. Probably. Yeah. Uh <laughs> now Thank God not. he muted himself for that there one. There we go. So we know it's going to be Vegas. We know it's going to be Florida. Stanley Cup final. And Doug Armstrong has his fingerprints all over this series. We'll tell you why next on 101 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Fun. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. We now know it will be Vegas and Florida in the Stanley Cup final. We thought it was going to be that, but Dallas, give them a little bit of credit. They did make it interesting for a couple of games until last night happened. Jamie Ben comes back, not complete non-factor. Vegas opened it up in the first period by hanging a three-goal lead on the board. They wind up winning 6-0. How about the night from William William Carlson, who scores on a power play goal in the first period, then adds one in the third period, not to mention the kid Will Carrier, who scored the opening goal and then assisted uh, another on another goal. Carlson also had an assist later on, too. It was just a, it was complete domination from Vegas, and Aiden Hill stood on his head once again, and Vegas wins a road game, propels them into the Stanley Cup final where they'll take on Florida. Oh, it was a schoolyard beatdown. It was. what it was. It really was. Um, you know, the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, one thing I will say is, like, man, were they ready to go. The forecheck was fantastic out of the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, you know, I, I'm just watching just them reloading time and time and time again. The Dallas Stars never had a chance. From the very beginning of that game, the ice was tilted, and the Dallas Stars were never even a threat in this game. And, you know, that happens. Sometimes you look at it, and I hear so many so many people online watching what they say and then hearing people and even being asked in person, like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't address Jamie Benn. Look, at he was the problem. No, no, he wasn't. You weren't, you weren't the better team. He, he got two-game suspension. Your team went on life support mode while the other team – went on cruise control. Mm-hmm. They're up three games to nothing. It's not that you literally take your foot off the gas, but you kind of think, well, you know, you cut some corners here, you get a little tired here, you don't dump the puck in here, you make a pat, bad puck decision. In the one game, they had 24 turnovers. That's not how Vegas plays. Last night, they were back to Vegas hockey, and they buried the Dallas Stars. doesn't matter if Jamie Benn was in or out of that lineup. It was a non-factor. So... The two best teams right now from the playoffs are going to meet in the Stanley Cup final. And it's going to be exciting because neither franchise has ever won the Stanley Cup. Now the Florida Panthers in 1996 got to the Stanley Cup final. Haven't been back since, by the way. So there's a little bit of a storyline for you. It's kind of fun to see that. And the Vegas Golden Knights, although they have, they've had success immediately in the NHL, they've never won the Cup. So two expansion teams over the last, what, 30 years – are going to meet. I think it's exciting. There's, I think there's a lot of drama surrounding it. Certainly the Matthew Kachuk story, along with Sergei Bobrovsky, who reclaimed his number one goaltender status in Florida. Paul Maurice, who left the Winnipeg Jets because he just wasn't having fun anymore doing it. And we see why now. They've got a whole lot of problems in Winnipeg that apparently Paul Maurice did the best he could to deal with it. But <laughs> hey, he was like, I'm out of here. Well, now he's got the Florida Panthers, who, by the way, Got into the playoffs because the Pittsburgh Penguins could not beat the Chicago Blackhawks the last game of the season. So that's a team that I think a little bit of America's sweetheart. You know, they look at that, the underdog, the eighth seed, barely limped in, and now Mm -hmm. they're in the final. And you flip the script to the other side, you got, you know, a a team that has been a pretty much powerhouse, except for the one year they just barely missed playoffs. They've been a powerhouse, and they're on their third string goalie. Mm -hmm. And Logan Thompson... Then they had Brassois, and now Aiden Hill is your number one goalie. So there's there's a lot of exciting stuff surrounding the series. And, of course, you got Matthew Kachuk, the local boy, 
uh, raised and playing youth hockey here in St. Louis. And you got Alex Petrangelo and Ivan Barbashev, who are huge in this series. Ivan Barbashev's played on the first line, by the way, with Marcia So and Eichel. He's played on the second power play unit. And the Vegas Golden Knights probably aren't where they're at without Ivan Barbashev. Yeah. And I know damn sure they're not where they're at without Alex Petrangelo. So it's kind of fun to see all that. Barbashev is one of those key pieces that, Marsh, you could put him anywhere. You can yeah. put him anywhere, and he fills he fills that that need for you. And he's more than a glue guy. He's he is a pivotal piece, but he's one that's interchangeable. Hey, we we need somebody now on the first the, the first line. We need somebody, Jamie, like you're you're talking about on special teams. Maybe we need him to play on the third line. He's that interchangeable piece for you on a team that already has top end. When you look at the, the top of the roster for Vegas, you're talking about Petrangelo and Eichel. And you know, Marsh or so, and you've got you've got those guys, Mark Stone. Ivan Barbashev fits perfectly in with this team. He's a playoff player. We saw that right here in St. Louis in 2019 when he was out of the lineup in the Stanley Cup final due to suspension. It was just a different game. The Blues played a different game. He brings a different element to a lineup. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why Vegas is is having so much success. Of course, you talk about Alex Petrangelo and the defense. I feel like this matchup in particular is going to be interesting because you have a team in the Panthers that they go hard in the net. You see Matthew Kachuk, yeah. he's scoring all of his goals right around the blue paint, and Vegas does a good job at really creating a tight box inside close to their netminder. And that's probably one of the reasons why they're on their third-string goal and he's having so much success is because it's so it's so tough getting anything generated right inside that box because not only are the defense playing well right in front of the net, but the forwards are collapsing too, and they're, they're doing a really good job. Playing yeah. playoff hockey. The Vegas Golden Knights do a great job of taking away the middle of the ice. We saw it firsthand. Bruce Cassidy's a tremendous hockey coach, and the Boston Bruins played that style. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the St. Louis Blues had their hands full in the Stanley Cup final. And going back to Ivan Barbashev, he he might end end up being – Maybe the best acquisition at the trade deadline of every trade that happened, and it's because of his versatility Mm -hmm. and because Bruce Cassidy saw what Ivan Barbashev did against his team in Boston in those seven games, even being suspended for a game. Ivan Barbashev left his mark on that series, and you're watching now. He went to Vegas, played like second, third line, a little bit of penalty kill. He's playing first line. He's on the first penalty kill. He plays on the second power play right now. Mm. Hey, Ivan Barbashev, if you wanted to, oh, I don't know, increase your stock for free agency, you just did it. You just did it. He was making, what, 2.6, I think, this year. He'll make every bit of $4 million next year, wherever he goes, because he's an established player now, and he's an established playoff performer. So it's it's fun to see uh, guys like Ivan Barbashev, who's one of the good guys, have some success, and then again, going back to the style of play, the Vegas Golden Knights shut down the middle of the ice. They do a great job. Jack Eichel went from, I don't know if this guy can play in the NHL against you know some of the top lines because of defensively he's not there, to where Bruce Cassidy has him out there now in the main defensive mm-hmm. matchups. Jack Eichel's considered to be one of the best 200-foot players in the game now, and that's credit to the player, his commitment to doing that, and realizing that maybe he won't score as many points but he'll be a better player overall. And for Bruce Cassidy, for getting, letting him or having him buy into that mentality. So this is going to be a really interesting matchup on so many levels. And I'm excited. Two non-traditional markets, but I'm excited to see it. Is it out of the question that Ivan Barbashev 
comes back to the Blues yes. now that he's playing at such a high level going into the Cup final? I, I, I'm I 99.9% sure he will not be back. Mm-hmm. The Blues can't afford him. Because we've, we've had a question about Ryan O'Reilly, but I feel like this is another question that maybe we should look at. Yeah, You're I would say no. No. Mm-hmm. The Blues cannot afford what Ivan Barbashev is going to want because they don't have enough cap space. We talked to JR the other day. JR said even though there's like $6 million available, probably more like $4 million that they can use, they, they have too many things to fill out, mm-hmm. and $4 million go right to Ivan Barbashev. It's just not going to happen, unfortunately. Barbie, yeah. his stock has gone through the roof with his performance, and it sucks because I'd like to see him back in the blue note, not to mention I believe his house has already been sold. Yeah, It's not even mean. just on the market. I think it's sold. Um, that's usually a pretty good indicator that mm-hmm. uh, maybe things are done. We have all of the Stanley Cup final and NBA finals for you. Every single game will be aired right here on 101 ESPN. So whether you're driving around, can't get to the game, or maybe you're rushing home to get to the game, we've got you covered until you do so. Again, right here on 101 ESPN, Vegas and Florida, game one, Thursday night. Actually, no, I'm sorry, Saturday. Saturday is the hockey game. Saturday, 7 o'clock, game one, Florida, Vegas, in Vegas. Thursday night is game one of the NBA Finals between Miami and Denver. Unfortunately, Jason Tatum and the Celtics couldn't pull it off last night. But 7.30 start time right here on 101 ESPN Thursday, game one between the Heat and the Denver Nuggets. What are we laughing about, boys? Oh, you don't want to know. Okay. We also have our home run derby. Fast Lane Rizzuto Show from 105.7 The Point are squaring off once again in a softball home run derby hosted by the O'Fallon Hoots. Join us this Saturday, June 3rd at Car Shield Field in O'Fallon, Missouri for the Fast Lane Rizzuto Show home run derby. It's all brought to you by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling, complete auto, body, and repair as well. And there's going to be a fast pitch MLB alumni home run derby later that night featuring Andrew Jones, Mike Matheny, Bo Hart, and the man who's going to be joining us next hour, Scott Spezio. Former Cardinals, third baseman, outfielder, Scott Spezio. Wearer of the soul patch. Will be joining us next hour. General admission this Saturday night. Uh, it's on sale, $15. You can get all the details on this year's O'Fallon Hoots. Home Run Derby now at 101ESPN.com. Yeah, Learn and Rafe were in the hallway just chirping us, too. I can't believe it. I expect more out of Learn, quite honestly. I thought she was more mature than what she was saying, but my she goodness. She gets on that show, and then all of a sudden, it's just she's got a bark. Yeah. That's yeah, a shame. I mean, I have feelings, Learn, and yeah, the things no you were saying about Anthony, my goodness. Terrible. Just absolutely terrible. I know you couldn't terrible. hear them, Anthony. Woof. I believe you. Yeah. I do. Hmm. Brady Kachuk, by the way. Brady Kachuk's going to join us at 4.15. Yeah, we we're lined up in the 4 o'clock hour. we got Scott Spezio at 4. We've got Brady Kachuk at 4.15. And our guy, Kyle Hebert of St. Louis City SC, will join us at 4.45. And that means the gauntlet has been pushed back, and we have a title on the line. Yeah, title on the line at 5. Holy smokes. Who's in the, the final? I believe I'm up, right? Oh, God. Against Kyle? Not Kyle Hebert. Listen yep. to Kyle. By the way, you guys remember... Uh, the guy, Kevin, that we had on. Uh, it's probably tough. We have so many contests on the gauntlet. But remember we thought he was working out? Yeah. He was. <laughs> I met Kevin at the gym. Did you? Uh, I think it was yesterday. And he was right beside me. And he introduced himself and said, oh, I was on the gauntlet with you. The guy, the one time he was, I was actually here. It was at Club Fitness. He goes, I was actually here. Uh, and I tried to walk out. And then reception was bad. He's like, you know, the little doorway. There's like the air wall and all this. So Kevin, uh, who was on the gauntlet, uh, was actually working out, and he was actually doing leg day when we told him not to skip <laughs> leg day. So it was nice to meet you, Kevin. Um, there you go. You He's working on his glutes while trying to compete in the well, gauntlet. It was leg day. I didn't say his glutes, Anthony. I 
Oh, I, I mean, go there. you know, hamstring, glutes. Yeah, I mean, it's all connected. I ain't going there. Yeah. All right, fine, Jimmy. It's fine to shake his hand, personally. All right, fair. Okay, what's trending is next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half-price Cardinals ticket voucher. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. We mentioned earlier the Heat defeated the Celtics in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. They'll take on the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals, which starts on the 1st of June. We have all the coverage for you right here on 101 ESPN pregame starting at 6.30. But guys, I want to take it back over the weekend. Game 6, the Heat are up by one. Jimmy Buckets gets three free throws. They inbound the ball. The shot goes off the rim, and Derek White gets the offensive rebound in a nice little game of tips, puts it right in. That was incredible, and at that point, I'm thinking there's no possible way that the Celtics lose Game 7. This reminds me of 2004 and the Boston Red Sox all over again, but of course... They ended up choking it away. Didn't help that Jason Tatum rolled his ankle early on in yeah. that game. But Jalen Brown was awful. Well, I think Jalen Brown, unfortunately for for him, because isn't he up for a contract? Yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, people are wanting him to come back. No. So he finishes last night's loss. Nineteen points on eight of twenty three shooting. Added eight rebounds. He was excellent in the previous series. He was excellent in the conference finals. Helped Boston get into the dance, beating Philadelphia. But he just, he unfortunately, not. I'm sorry, he didn't struggle at the conference finals. He struggled in the, what, the uh, quarterfinals? Whatever. One struggled of the against Philadelphia. Struggled against Philadelphia. Go. So he, he shrinks when the lights are brightest. But that play specifically, Marsh, we didn't have the sound on. My wife, Kristen, and I went to a wedding out of out of town, and we were watching the end of the game at our hotel, kind of outside. And I saw the the initial shot didn't go in. I'm like, oh no, Boston, Boston just lost. And all of a sudden, I saw Boston was happy. Mm-hmm. So then, when I saw the replay and the tip, I saw that it, it went in. But man, what a finish there! But Miami was the better. They're the better team all the way throughout. Jimmy Butler last night, he leads all scorers last night. Improbable victory for him again. That may have been him one of his one of his most impressive outings that he has had. 28 points, 7 boards, 6 assists, 3 steals, 3 triples. He put Miami on his back. And he has been doing that for whatever team that he has played for for a very long time. I'm excited to see Miami. And while we don't want to root for Denver because of the Cronky connection, Denver's a good team, too. This is going to be a good series. Listen, uh, say what you want about the Celtics in Game 7 and things that happened. You did it to yourself. Totally. You got down 3 nothing in a series to a team that had been very, very hungry, working their way to the Eastern Conference Final and now to the NBA Finals. You can't do that to yourself. You can't put all your eggs in one basket to where the Game 7, your team has come all the way back, and now Jason Tatum rolls his ankle, and now you're screwed. Right. Shouldn't have had to worry about that. 
But credit to the Boston Celtics for doing that and coming all the way back and making a series of it. It shows you that the team's got some jam. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, moving forward, this is a team that gets to the championship next year. But it also shows that Miami, the Miami Heat continue to do good things under their head coach and Pat Riley at the same time. Now, these guys have been mainstays there. The lineup and the roster has changed quite a bit over the years. But they've got a stud in Jimmy Butler right now, and they've got some really hardworking players that surround him. I, I don't know what the outcome is here. I think the Denver Nuggets have a more talented team, but don't necessarily that doesn't always necessarily guarantee you a victory. Because mm-hmm. if that was the case, then the Miami Heat wouldn't be in the final right now. They're yeah. an eighth seed. So both Florida teams, the Panthers and the Heat, in the general vicinity of each other, about 40 minutes apart, uh, eight, eight seeds coming into the playoffs and both make it to the final. Pretty good time to be in South Florida. No kidding. And I think it's the first time in history, could be wrong on this, that both teams within the same uh, general vicinity, like you were saying, are playing in the NBA Finals and the NHL Stanley Cup Final all in the same year. So That's neat. Pretty cool. Pretty cool for sure. Uh, this is also really cool. Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners is now sponsored by Alaska Airlines. And what? I got this from Front Office what? Sports. For every home run he hits in Seattle, 44 fans, he is the number 44, 44 fans in the section it lands in will win a free round trip flight of their choice. No kidding. Of their choice? Of their choice. That's a pretty good promotion. Alaska Airlines goes quite a few places too i mean that ain't nothing it's a pretty good promotion that they dug up there because you knew and you know that julio rodriguez is going to hit plenty of home runs at t-mobile park so good call by them mm-hmm. i like that i like it where would you guys go or well, imagine, i don't know where ima- they fly imagine imagine being in the section he hits it and you're like yeah like you didn't get the ball or anything but you're like yeah like how do they determine but hang on, how do they determine which 44 fans get it? There's... Well, I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, imagine being one of the people but that do doesn't that? get it. So they're in the section? Yeah, what if the, what if the section has it's, 55 people? It's So it's like two... I think it's just random. Like, they just give it out. I don't like that. There's got to well, be more than 44 people in a section. Depends on the section, right? But, and then, but then the ball, I mean, you can't predict where it's going to land. That's interesting. So what if it lands in one of those little wee sections in center field where it's like 21? <laughs> did they both, did they get two flights? No. No, Jamie. <laughs> well, they they're, don't. They're ready to part with 44. We Maybe we should read the disclaimer here. Marshy, you know it's dangerous just to throw crap out there around Anthony. <laughs> we're going to have questions. <laughs> we're going to be in litigation before this show's <laughs> over. Where does Alaska Airlines even go? We don't know. Yeah, I know knows. they go places. Alaska. They go to Alaska. I would, I would hope. Wouldn't that be the biggest thing of all time? I always wanted to see Alaska. Alaskan Airlines doesn't fly yeah. to Alaska. Nah, that we don't would have, be amazing. We don't have flights going there. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Marsh, you get any details here? On the on the Alaska Airlines? No, just on anything. Any? That's all right, Marsh. Don't worry about it. You, know, you throw out something interesting. We got questions. Andy, I don't have the answers to these things. Okay. I just well, I present the information. The oh boy! All right, all right. That's for us to to make up. You sure. Know? Well, no, we don't want to make it up. Well, you know, create our own adventure. Yeah, that's that's literally what we could do with Alaska Airlines. That's basically the fast lane every every day from two to six. That's a good point. Anthony. You're on one hundred and one Absolutely. Uh, last thing, just real quick, Anthony. New York high school baseball teams. They're playing in. 
the championship game. And maybe you know these schools, maybe you don't, uh, being that that is one of your place of residence growing up. It's my parents, but sure. Yeah. Uh, Hornell going up against Palmyra Macedon. No. And Distant relative of Cornell. Yeah. Sure. Jamie's right. Anyways, Hornell is up 5-4, bottom of the seventh. Of course, in high school, they're only playing seven innings. To drop third strike, the catcher does not apply the tag. The umpire says safe at home plate because, a.k.a., he did not I saw tag. that video. It was chaos. The catcher then goes and celebrates with the pitcher. The whole team runs on the field, except for about one player. It's the second baseman who comes charging in. Meanwhile, those runners on base, they all round the bases, tie the game. The guy comes all the way around, scores the winning run. No. So while the team who thinks they won the championship is celebrating on the field, the other team then proceeds to come out of the dugout and celebrate their win because they never applied the tag yeah. on the drop call on the drop third That is strike. equally the worst loss you could ever endure and the best win. Two teams <laughs> celebrating on the field. It was wild. <laughs> the, the wild part is, though, and I feel really bad for the catcher, because it was a clear dropped third strike. Yeah. Like, it was clear, and it, he just blacked out. And then all of a sudden, you could see the coach of the one team like just yelling at his players because they paused, and then then they started booking it like they yeah. were running full speed the, around the oh bases. The second baseman was sprinting, and he's like pointing. He's like, "You, we gotta tag him. We gotta tag yeah. him." The catcher apparently put the ball in his back pocket and was oh, just no. celebrating. Because I was with about the team. to say, what did the second baseman do? Because could the second baseman go get the ball? Because when you said he yeah. started sprinting in, I thought, okay, well maybe the second baseman picked it up. But the catcher put in his back pocket. Put in his back pocket. Oh, no. And they lost the game. That's terrible. I don't know. You got to be aware, though. Like, come on. You got to put the tag on. His awareness level at, in MLB The Show, Marsh, is way down. Oh, Anthony, stop okay. it. It's Fast Line on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Walker made kind of an interesting comment that some might take as uh, him saying, hey, Cardinals, go blank yourself. What? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Jordan Walker made small headlines over the weekend when he was asked about his swing changes and how he kind of got himself back on track as he went down to Memphis to work on a couple of things that the Cardinals wanted to uh, have him go down and work on. Here is Jordan Walker and what he said, and we'll tell you why, if you don't find out through the audio, why some people found this interesting. I was told to start hitting the ball in the air, and that kind of got to me a little bit about trying to force the ball in the air a little bit too much. Um, and I forced myself to do things that I usually don't do. So right now I'm not too worried about getting the ball in the air more, and I'm starting to drive the ball a lot better now. So I think it's just, you know, being more relaxed and not thinking about it at the plate. There's no point if I try and hit the ball in the air if I'm not hitting the ball at all, you know. So I might as well hit the ball hard, and if it's on the ground, it's on the ground. I'm trying to, you know, find a hole, maybe drive run in, and then, I feel like as I go through the season, it's going to get more in the air just like it did last year. So I just have to trust myself and trust how my swing's been. You know, the past three years I've been in the organization, and that's just what I have faith in. 
All right, so that's Jordan Walker. Now, some people feel as though that Jordan Walker just said, hey, I'm not going to do what the Cardinals asked me to do. Wow. I'm not going to do what they asked me to do. I'm just going to be myself. And I guess to some degree he did. But let's take a step back here. One, Jamie, the reason why they sent him down is because his exit velocity, his launch angle, his barrel percentage, all all down. That's why he was hitting the ball on the ground consistently. Well, the exit velo wasn't terrible. He okay, was so smashing it, bar- it into the ground, though. Okay, so he so the exit velo was good, but he wasn't barreling balls, and the, the launch angle was down. You may say to yourself right now, and I don't blame you. You listen to me, you're like, Anthony, I don't care. I don't care about everything you're just talking about. You will care if he's not hitting home runs. There is something to be said for analytics and what they tell us about a player. And I think there's two different things here. People get ticked off when the analytics override what you're seeing with your eyes. I understand that. I get That's where I get frustrated as well. But they do paint a picture. And the pic- picture that was being painted with Jordan Walker was accurate. If you watched it with your eyes, you saw, as James just noted, him beating the ball into the ground consistently. You also may counter and say, well, you had a bunch of hits. Sure. Eventually that won't play out, though. There's a reason why hit as a hitter, especially a power hitter, you want to get the ball in the air with a certain amount of launch and, a cer- and, and barrel it. It's going to go over the fence. To Jordan Walker's point, though, Jamie, if you're not even putting the ball in the air, or not even put, not even hitting the ball, period, because you're constantly trying to get the ball in the air, that approach may not work for you. Yeah, so here's my take on this whole thing. One, uh, I think this is just a peek behind the curtain of how hard it is to be a young player at the major league level. Cool. And the reason I say that is because I think the Cardinals are 100% right. The launch angle wasn't there. And for the power that he possesses as, as far as driving the ball, you got to have some lift to it. Because he was pounding the snot out of the ball, but he was murdering four or five worms in the infield on the way out to the shortstop. Like, everything, he was rolling over on it, rolling over on it. And you call it some bad luck at some point because he had some really loud outs. They're still outs. Mm-hmm. At the major league level, the, the really loud outs happen. In AAA, maybe they squeak through, you know, but not, you know, you get world-class baseball players that are going to play good defensively. doesn't happen. So, yeah. again, it's a young player who probably took the advice of the Cardinals and went one step too far and then got inside his own head too much and was trying to lift everything. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying to do that, then, you know, you're not staying true to what you are as far as a, a hitter is concerned. Like, the way you're swinging becomes different, and now when you don't have success – then it gets worse. Right Now you're really inside your own dome. So I think that what Jordan Walker is saying is, maybe I overdid it trying to go do a full 180 on my swing and change everything, and I wasn't hitting the ball at all. Now I'm back to focusing on making contact and probably had a few tweaks along the way because it's working now for them. Right. Either way, the Cardinals were right in what they were seeing. Never mind analytics. The eye test showed you that the ball was being pounded on the ground every time, almost every time. So you don't really need the numbers to match the eye test. The mm-hmm. eye test to match the number. You could see it. We could see it. Right. And the success wasn't there. Even though he was getting you know consecutive games with 12 games in a row with hits, some of them were just squeaking through. Under the glove, just barely missing the shortstop of the second baseman on the ground. So that's fine. 
He's 21 years old now, 20 years old at the time. This is where you learn about yourself as a baseball player, as an athlete. What what changes can I make but still stay who I am? And at the same time, it's up to the Cardinals to give him the necessary adjustments without him feeling like he has to revamp everything. I think by the sounds of it, it sounds like they've found the happy medium to where now he's generating some power. He's got a little bit better launch angle, but he hasn't completely adjusted his swing trying to touch seats every single time. Yeah, he's comfortable because you have to be you have to be comfortable because if you don't, you get the struggles that Jordan Walker had when he first went down to Memphis. And I want to give proper credit to this audio. The audio is courtesy of Matt Infield of WMC Action News 5. So when you're Jordan Walker talking, that's where it came from. But, Jamie, this is also part of the development process for the team. It's not just the player. The player knows he wants to get back up to the big leagues. He's got to work on some things. Well, you give him some things to work on, it doesn't go right. Maybe it doesn't feel right to him. The approach he's taken doesn't feel good. And he starts to go back to, hey, I'm going to go back to what got me to the big leagues. That's Mm -hmm. fine. But from a team standpoint, this is why you have to have – either multiple approaches depending on who the player is or multiple teachers multiple different coaches somebody's going to have to get through to Jordan Walker that make and make it make the information make sense to him we've seen this before it's not a one size fit all system it's not an offensive system like in basketball it's not an offensive system like in football it's not even a philosophy slash system like there is in hockey. You can't just say, here's the numbers, man. This is what you got to do. Go do it. You have to have somebody that's got an eye for it, specifically for Jordan Walker to say, do, keep doing what you're doing. Now push your hands back further or load earlier or whatever it may be to allow Jordan Walker to unlock his potential. This is part of the developmental process. Anthony, we have a number of texts uh, calling BS on the whole thing and just saying that it's about service time manipulation. No, I don't it's not. well, I don't know that to be true or not true, but a lot of people suggesting that the Cardinals are just manipulating his service time. I, I don't know I'm not gonna sit here and act like I know how the service time works to a T. Yeah. I don't. So the fact that he started the season here, uh, that must have affected his service time immediately but I don't know how it works once he gets sent down, what, 19 games into the season. Why wouldn't they also want to take advantage of a system that would allow them to get, what, a first-round pick, an extra first-round pick or a sandwich pick or something like yeah. that? Yeah, and if, they're incentivized if he wins the National League Rookie of the Year. Correct. Which is, and now so, that's up. So Right, exactly. They, the Cardinals decided not to bring him back up, so now they cannot unlock that, that incentive. I'm not telling you to be – you can believe whatever you want. Go for it. What Jamie and I know, what we've been told, is they the Cardinals were not thrilled with his development from a power standpoint, which matched what we were seeing. I realize he he was he was getting a hit every twelve games, or I'm sorry, one one hit every uh, for twelve games straight. Those ground balls will eventually get vacuumed up. It's not sustainable. The Cardinals felt like they needed to send him down to Memphis to unlock that power again. And they couldn't do it while simultaneously losing like they were in April. You may not buy it. That's fine. 
But that is that is what we've we have been told. If you think we're naive because it's a service time manipulation, fine. Realize Who though, knows, right? Realize though that the Cardinals don't fall into that category. There's no history of that. It's not like the Cubs keeping Chris Bryant down. And you can't even do that anymore. There's a new rule that was placed in 2022, the Chris Bryant rule, which literally incentivizes teams to bring up their players. You know, for for example, uh, the new system put in place that rewards team with extra extra draft picks if they promote their top prospects on opening day. There you go. So if anything was they're incentivized to have Jordan Walker on this roster. And I get it because it's it's more digestible as a fan to 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 say that the the team is manipulating the service time to save money than it is to admit that the top prospect who was exciting coming in needed to work on things. It's more digestible to a fan to say that John Mozeliak and the team are screwing this kid over. That's not the case. And I hope he comes back soon cuz he's starting to turn turn it around. I hope he never goes back down. But I don't think this is a service time manipulation issue. I think the the twelve game hitting streak was somewhat of an uh, invisibility cloak over what Absolutely. was actually happening because in those games, yes, he was continuing to get on base, which is great, and we love that. But he was going like one for four, one for five, every single one of those games. And like Jamie was saying, some of those hits were, you know, they were barely getting past, you know, whether they're like a little bloop or just a ground ball past the shortstop. Mind you, he's still getting on base, and we love that. But at the same time, he he was he wasn't really doing anything. He wasn't getting extra base hits, which we expect him to do. It, unless he's Tony Gwynn, the second a second coming of Tony Gwynn, it would have been hard to sustain that level mm-hmm. of single, 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 single. Defenses are too good. Big league players are too good. But again, you know, hey, believe what you want to believe. Sports Six Pack is next. 314 399 9646. If you got a question for us, again, Sports Six Pack next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. Time for the Sports 6 back in the fast lane on 101 ESPN 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. You can get your questions in still. What do you got, Marsh? Question number one. This one comes from the 573. As we know, the Vegas Golden Knights punched their ticket to the Stanley Cup final, their second in team history. From the 573, what does his second Stanley Cup do for Alex Petrangelo's Hall of Fame case? Wow, Hall of Fame's a tough one there. I mean, we'll see how how the rest of his career plays out. Um, it certainly doesn't hurt. You know, again, we'll see how it, it ends up. As of right now, I don't see Alex Petrangelo being a hockey Hall of Famer. You know, time will time will tell if analytics become a part of it and whatnot. Just like Major League Baseball, there are guys that you thought would never possibly get a chance to get into the Hall of Fame. And now when you dive back and you use modern-day analytics and cross-reference it with the way they played back in the day, like, oh, boy, he has a chance. So uh, I love Alex Petrangelo as a player. I think he's an incredible individual as well. I don't think 
the Hockey Hall of Fame is going to be something that um, happens for him. Although, you get a second cup, maybe another one before his tenure's over. All of a sudden, three Stanley Cups uh, look pretty good. Uh, but as far as his legacy is concerned, why don't we do that? Why don't we isolate his legacy? I think it does a lot for that. I think it solidifies Alex Petrangelo as a number one defenseman in this league, as one of the top uh, blue liners in the NHL. He's won a cup with St. Louis Blues. Now he's back in the cup final with the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, you know, So I, I think that what happens is you start looking at a guy where success follows him. Question number two. From the 636, what does it say about Tommy Edmond and Brendan Donovan being better options in the outfield than some of the guys that you already have well it says that they're outstanding athletes that's for sure it also it also tells you that they're hitting that they're hitting better they're hitting better than your current options Mm -hmm. now Lars Dylan Carlson is is out Tyler O'Neill is out but Oscar Mercado is it is it that much of a stretch to say that Brennan Donovan and Tommy Edmund are better hitters than Oscar Mercado oh no no is, is it that much of a stretch to say they're better hitters than Juan Yepes or Alec Burleson? Uh, that to be uh, determined because Yepes doesn't get the plate appearances. Okay. Power is I, it probably favors Yepes, but is it I that, think on base probably favors the other two. Am I going out on a limb by saying that Tommy Edmond and Brennan Donovan are better all-around players than Juan Yepes and Alec Burleson? No, that's, that's yeah. So that's why they're in the outfield, coupled with the fact that you haven't brought back Jordan Walker. I think they should now. And again, you've got injuries. It's not a good look. I agree. Well, I think so, that's what the question is. So I'm going to answer it the way I heard the question, which means, for me, it means it's a terrible look for your organization. For me. It, if you have Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson healthy, then they're going to be in the lineup and you're not worried about this because you got Newpark, Carlson, and O'Neill, but all three of those guys are hurt. So you're kind of going into you know, uh, emergency mode here. But even before all three of them got hurt, you were using these guys in the outfield from time to time. Mm. And it's nice to have utility players or the flexibility, as Mo likes to call it. But at the end of the day, you know, you had this outfield problem to where you had too many outfielders for not enough spots, and now you don't have enough outfielders, so you're using infielders out there. So I don't know what look it gives because there's a lot of this that's based around injury. If it was simply performance-based, which I know there were a couple of games to where uh, actual outfielders sat on the bench while infielders played in the outfield. Uh, either way, I mean, there's both ways to look at it is they're tremendously talented players that give you the option to do that. And the other one is that your other outfielders haven't performed adequately. You also have a bunch of DHs on your roster and in your organization. Yeah, you're right about that. Mm. You've got You've got too many DHs. To the point where you got Trace Barrera still on the roster because you're keeping what? you're keeping Wilson Contreras. Question number three: Why is he still on the roster? <laughs> because because you because you use Contreras as a DH. I don't want to hear multiple times. I don't want to hear complaints about guys being. I'm with you. Being tired when they're wasting a roster spot. You got a roster construction problem. You got too many DHs. Alec Burleson's a DH. Juan Yepes is a DH. They're using Wilson Contreras to get him off his feet twice twice a week as a DH, which means you're going to have to have a backup catcher to your backup catcher. It's a roster construction problem. It's a you-know-what show. That's what it is. Hmm. Question number four. 
That's just my opinion. Uh, from the 618, how do you guys see the NBA, pl- uh, NBA Finals playing out? I think Denver is the better team. I think Jimmy Butler will carry that Heat team like he like he like he has been doing to a Finals championship. I think you got to lose one to know to know what it takes to to get there, to get there and win it. And that Denver falls in that category. They've gotten there. They're a really talented team. But this is the time now, Jamie, as you know, as we talk about guys like Alex Petrangelo and Matthew Kachuk and other sports. Matthew hasn't won one yet. But he certainly knows what it takes to get there. Jimmy Butler falls into that category. And I think Jimmy Butler will carry the Heat, who are multiple. They play excellent defense. They can vary their looks. And they can do just enough offensively to keep themselves in the game and give them a shot in the fourth quarter. And I think they're going to win it. The Nuggets or the Heat? The Heat. Yeah, I got the Heat in this one, too. And I'm just basing it off of the experience of the head coach and the fact that you have a, a gladiator in Jimmy Butler that is going to drag this team to the podium with him. I agree. I, that's the way. I got the Heat going winning in this. I think the Nuggets take care of the Heat, like, it's gonna be like a four-one series. Wow, hot take. Whoa, hot take. Okay. Yeah. Well, the the Nuggets, the Nuggets Marsh. against the Heat since like 2021 are undefeated. They do pretty good. Well, at, what about this version of the Heat? Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be a four-one series. Oh wow! And we're gonna be really in uh, encapsulated by the Stanley Cup this year. Damn. Instead. Okay. Wow. So, okay. Oh, wow. Well, it's Andrew Marsh. Hot take central here. I'm rooting for the Heat, though. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're going to talk to Scott Spezio next. He's going to be in the MLB Alumni Home Run Derby on Thursday night. We'll talk to Scott about that. Talk to Scott about his 06 Cardinals and much more next in the Fast Lane on 101. too. And this old patch. Next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. 402, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And on Saturday night, Jamie and I will be competing in the softball home run derby. But if you're heading out to the Car Shield Field in O'Fallon, Missouri, you're also going to see Scott Spezio hitting the home run derby for the MLB alumni. And Scott's joining us right now. How you doing, Scott? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It, hey, I, I didn't know there was a softball one. Can I switch and do that one instead? <laughs> yeah, but you got to play on our team then. Yeah. <laughs> we got to claim you. But I need a pitch runner, though. I can't really run too well you're, anymore. You're good. Yeah, no running no running at all. So, Scott, that leads us into our first question here. We Jamie and I got it easy. We're the home runner. We're, we're like up at second base. We, we can, you know, kind of get it over, no issue. How much have you been like working out and got the swing tuned in for for a home run derby that night? Well, I went, my plan. I do lessons now, so my plan was to have some of my kids throw me some BP to get me loose. Uh, but I've been doing so many and had so many things going on that I haven't swung at all, except for maybe a few off a of tee. 
Um, although this this past weekend, um, I was invited to play in the annual Hall of Fame game in uh, Cooperstown, New York. Nice. It was the first first time that I'd actually taken a live at bat uh, off a pitcher probably since like 2010. And uh, I did hit a one hopper off the fence in my first at bat. So nice. There's, there's a chance. It's, it's kind of like the, the Dumb and Dumber thing, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me there's a chance. So, so Scott, I uh, I do a lot of the same thing with hockey. I'm doing lessons out there all the time, and people just figure that, oh, you're still in the game, you're on the ice every day, or you're teaching kids every day, but it's not even close to being the same because I'm not no. out there skating 100%, nor am I taking slap shots. And for a guy like you, you're not sitting in the batter's box, you know, swinging away at, you know, 30, 40 pitches trying to go yard every time. So it is a big difference. Oh, it's, it's huge. Yeah. And I have one of my first questions is how many timeouts do I get? Because, <laughs> I mean, three minutes is going to be tough. And they said one timeout. But I like, there's sometimes I'll hit into a bag to kind of uh, show the kids how to use their legs and, and uh, core muscles. And I'll take like three swings off it and I'll be winded. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be tough. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's totally different. You know, I've had since, you know, I'm, I'm almost 51. I'll be 51 in September, and I've had uh, both hips, hips replaced, and I need my knee replaced. So, you know, I, I'm going to self-handicap as much as I can before I get in there. You know, so there's no pressure once I get in there. There you go, Scott. Yeah, I mean, hey, you got to do what you got to do. I saw Rick Ankeel put on an absolute show oh. a couple of years ago in this, so no, no pressure. Yeah, oh, yeah. He And he has a revision done in his – or. Uh, uh, what's it called? Resurfacing done in one of his tips, but he's a freak. He's always been able to do <laughs> do things the rest of us can't do, so he doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, Anthony, wait, wait to cherry pick. Rick Ankiel was a machine last year. I'm just saying, there are other guys that didn't do so well, Anthony. No, that's true. Don't yeah. scare our guy, Scott. Yeah, bring up the the guys that didn't do well. That won't feel so bad. There you I, go. I think the last time I was in the home run derby was my rookie year in 1997 um, at the all-star game. Uh, they had the four rookies that had the most home runs at the break. And it, and it happened to be Scott Rowland, uh, no more Garcia Parra, uh, Jose Guillen and me. And uh, I went, I think I went first and I hit one home run. And if I remember right, Paul D. Podesta is the guy that threw to me. He was still with Cleveland, and I, like, grabbed him out of the hallway to throw to me because Oakland didn't want to send me a, a pitcher. <laughs> so, so I got, you know, if you've seen Moneyball, the dude named Peter Brand, that's Paul D. Podesta. Yeah. yeah. He was, he was throwing. I'm pretty sure it was him that was throwing to me, and, and I hit one out, and then I pulled, like, five foul. And then, but I didn't feel so bad because T- Jim Tomei, you know, who's had, whatever, 600 home runs, uh, he didn't hit any at his home field that day, so I felt a little bit better about myself. There you go, Scott. It's not a. It's you don't have to outrun the bear. You just got to outrun the slowest person, you know. And then <laughs> you, you let the chips fall where they may. Uh, Scott Spezio <laughs> joining us right now. Of course, 2006 World Series champion with your Cardinals. 2002 World Series champion with the Anaheim Angels. The Anaheim uh, Rally Monkey Angels. Scott was part of that team and had a a, a pretty big hit, I would say, Scott. Uh, uh, in in that uh, World Series, when you think back to your time here in St. Louis, especially that 2006 World Series team coming back here on Saturday night, uh, I'm sure a lot of fond memories of St. Louis and the and the Cardinals faithful. 
Oh, it's, yeah, it's it's the it's the best uh, city in baseball to play. I mean, uh, best city in America to play baseball. Uh, you know, Cardinal fans they know the game. They've been born to be Cardinal fans. Um, they love it if you hustle out there and give it your all. And you know, I've been coming down there since I was probably four or five years old because of my dad's old timers games and things like that from when he played. You know, in the '60s. And, uh, you know, that's part of the reason I think I worked so hard because I remember, like, Lou Brock and Bob Gibson saying, hey, it's easy to get to the big leagues. It's hard to stay there. You know, you got to outwork the guys in Dominican and, and, you know, Cuba and Puerto Rico and Venezuela and Japan and South Korea. And, you know, he's like, you know, and then when you get to the big leagues, everybody wants their job. And so, you know, that it's. I just remember, like, coming across the river, you know, seeing the arts and just being so excited to get in the ballpark and then to, you know, sit on the laps of guys like Stan Musial or Bob Uecker or, you know, Bruce Suter or Ozzie Smith, you know, it was just incredible. And then for me to get to where 26, which was my dad's number, and play for a world championship team in, in the best uh, – you know, the best city to play baseball. And it, it was just an absolute dream come through. Scott, so many awesome memories, I'm sure. Uh, well, that I know for sure you have wearing the Cardinals uniform, the birds on the bat. Uh, over the course of your time here in St. Louis, what for, what for you is your favorite? I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be the biggest moment, but what's your one of your favorite moments here? Well, I mean, you know, every time that the last out is, is made and you know that, you know, your world champions and that banner is going to fly forever as long as there's baseball. Um, that's a huge moment. I would say as an individual, the, the one of the best moments ever was when um, my the Cardinals, without me knowing, in 2007 for opening day, um, when they were giving our rings to us, had my dad come. Um, he was dressed in his old 26 jersey. He was He came up behind me in the dugout. And uh, I was about ready to go out because I knew I was next to get my ring. And uh, Mike Shannon, who played with my dad, starts announcing, you know, and the next for the next the player, we have a guest, you know, presenter. And for the first time in, in uh, baseball history, a father, son, and I turned around and I saw him and I just lost it. I mean, I just started bawling. And, you know, I just started thinking about all the time we spent in the backyard you know, where my dad would say, hey, it's three, two count, two outs, bases loaded, down one, bottom nine, game seven of the World Series. What are you going to do? And then for all those, you know, all those memories that just come flooding in and thinking, man, it's all worth it, you know. And um, it, it was just a magical moment. And that just shows you how first class the Cardinals are. You know, the the, the Cardinals organization thought of that all on their own, uh, kept it from me. And I, I guarantee there's probably a good 46,000 people tearing up at that moment. No, oh, Scott, I, I do remember that when it happened. And, uh, yeah, I guilty as charged. I remember welling up myself. I thought it was an incredible moment. So People were cutting onions. Yeah, Scott. lots of onions in the, in the crowd. <laughs> but, no, awesome memory for sure. And uh, oh, one memory I have, I don't know if you remember, but you and I spent a night together in Detroit with I our hope- good friends from Seven Dust. Oh yes! Oh my gosh! Yeah, and I just saw I just saw Morgan. He was uh, like in the Quad Cities, which is about uh, I think it's what's the name of the town? It starts with a G over there. Um, he was doing some recording with one of the super bands that he's coming out with, and I brought my two sons. My middle son is in a band um, as, as a drummer. 
So I mean, he's been playing Morgan's uh, original Mapex drum set since he was probably two years old. Uh, and, and so it was just a really cool moment to go to the studio and, and hang out with those guys and see how the, the magic is made, you know. And, um, yeah, I used to follow those guys all over the place. And Morgan actually, the Morgan Rose, the drummer, actually produced the Sam Frog album that um, was supposed to come out in 2008. And then that's kind of when my the rails kind of came off for me. Um, and we never really released it. It's out. It's out on uh, Apple Music and and Spotify and all those things now. But uh, it was it was going to be a pretty cool deal. And then uh, you know I kind of what I call went on my detour, <laughs> which was more of an off road. <laughs> it happens, buddy. It happens. Yeah. I just I remember. Um... Yeah, those guys are good friends of mine, too. Clint lives here in St. Louis now, and Morgan I've known since I was 19 years old. So I remember that oh, night wow. very well. We had a pretty good time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I some Sometimes I had a little bit too good of a time, but, you know, I'm glad it's out of my system, and, <laughs> and uh, I'm back on track now. Well, Scott, you sound good. Good to hear from you. And we, Jamie and I are going to catch up with you on Saturday night uh, as you participate in the Home Run Derby, man. We're looking forward to seeing you. That, that sounds great, man. I can't wait. And uh, one more thing, on June 10th, uh, after the Cardinal game, I'm going to come down and, and speak um, at the end of Christian Day. So after the game, um, the 115 game against the Reds, um, there's going to be a few of the current players with Rick Horton that are going to be speaking. And then after that, I'm going to share my testimony. And so if anybody's up for it, um, it'll be a great, great uh, afternoon. Scott, that's incredible. Yeah, that's that awesome. awesome man. Absolutely, yeah. Well, thank you for thank sharing you. that too, and we'll, we'll pass we'll pass that along to our listeners as well uh, as we get thank a little you. bit closer. But yeah, we'll see you on Saturday night. We'll catch up. All right, man. I'm looking forward to it, guys. Same, Scott. Thank, thank you. You, you Scott. too. That's Scott Spezio here, World Series champion, 2006 with the Cardinals, 2002 with the Angels. And our appreciation to Scott. We will see him on Saturday again. Tickets only 15 bucks. 101ESPN.com. If you want to check out the O'Fallon Hoots Home Run Derby. Well, we got Brady Kachuk next. So, without further ado, Matthew's brother, Brady Kachuk, on Matthew's success, opportunity for the Florida Panthers to potentially win their first Stanley Cup championship. Brady Kachuk next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Saturday night, you can listen to it right here on 101 ESPN. Game one of the Stanley Cup final. It will be the Florida Panthers versus the Vegas Golden Knights. And I know that a lot of people here in St. Louis, sports fans, whether the Blues fans or not, will be rooting for Matthew Kachuk with former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. And we are thrilled to be joined via our celebrity line by Matthew's brother, Brady Kachuk. How you doing, Brady? Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Good, buddy. Thanks a lot for coming on. So um, a lot of stuff going on down there in South Florida. Are, are you down there currently? I know you were down there for a little bit. Yeah, no, I, uh, I went kind of, uh, I think it was game three of last series and game six of Boston series. So um, now I'm back in St. Louis. I'm back in the, you know, the swing of things. It's my own training, and uh, I'm just trying to get, uh, get ready. I know I'm using this as you know, a lot of motivation for uh, – uh, to bring the auto, but um, words can't express how proud I am of Matthew and what he's done for that team and for that uh, 
uh, for South Florida. Yeah, so if we just dive into that for a second. Look, Matthew goes through a, a, a big trade uh, of epic proportions for both organizations, signs a real good deal. Uh, the team you know, it, it has a bu- couple of bumps in the road. They barely scrape into the playoffs. But since that point, Matthew's been on a mission, man. He's been on a mission. I just love watching his success. But you're his brother. You're his biggest fan and his biggest critic all at the same time. I know that. But what are you seeing from Matthew right now that's different than what you've seen before? Kind of seeing what uh, what what everybody else is seeing right now, this new level that you know, he's stepping up with. And I feel like, you know, coming down the stretch, you know, um, you know, they're pushing to make playoffs and and he just elevates his game in those big moments. So that's for me, it's it's awesome to see, and and it's awesome to see all of his work that he's put in um, in the summers and years, kind of leading up to this moment where uh, the opportunity is there, and he's just he's elevated his his own game, and and quite frankly, he's he's taken this uh, that Florida team to where they're at now. So um, I know for him, he's not satisfied one bit. So uh, I'm definitely excited to watch him and. Uh, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, accomplish his dreams. Brady, you're well accomplished. Matthew is well accomplished. Uh, I know your dad uh, played a couple of games in the NHL <laughs> as well, so you got your dad to lean on too. But I'm I'm curious, how much do you and Matthew talk about the game? Uh, how much do you ask of him when it comes to maybe some advice? How much is he calling you for advice? What's it like chatting right now uh, with you, With you, unfortunately, out, but Matthew's still playing and have an opportunity to hoist a cup? We've definitely talked you know, a lot more throughout this playoffs about hockey. It's usually during the season. We're just you know, catching up, seeing how you know, each other are doing and, and you know any funny things that have gone on. But uh, no, now it's kind of, of course, it's just all about hockey. And, and I know watching for, for me is I've learned so much just watching and and then being kind of around him at certain points of, you know, the playoffs. It's it's I've learned a lot just um, through his experiences. So I'm looking forward to, to using that for you know, my own career and, and uh, experiences. But, no, for him, it's just it's unbelievable. And uh, I'm so proud of him. Uh, like I said, Worth can't express how proud I, I am of him and, um, just want to see him accomplish his dream. So if I could help in any means by my experience playing against whoever he's talking about, it's, uh, um, I'm for sure 100% glad to help. Brady Kachuk joining us right now on the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Now, again, Brady, I know you got your dad. I know that uh, you got Matthew. But there's somebody else I know that's helping you guys along the way, and that's my co-host, Jamie Rivers. <laughs> did you know? Did you learn more about hockey through Jamie Rivers? And maybe – more of what not to do at times, um, both off the ice and on the ice, from Jamie than anybody else in your family. Oh, he's been great. He's been he's been running some great skates for us throughout the years, and uh, um, yeah, we've we've definitely taken a lot of skill sets and had a lot of great sessions with him. So no, it's yeah, um, no, of course it's on behalf of that big thank you to Jamie for you know running us through some skill skates and and making us better and and uh, uh, making us better each and every year. Well, you guys did that. I've always, I always brag about how hard you guys work. It's impressive. I tell all the young kids the same thing. Never mind the talent. It's how hard you work. And the Kachuk boys put in the time. So that being said, Brady, you've mentioned it a couple of times here now. You're proud of Matthew's success and excited for the Florida Panthers. But the very first thing you said here today was you know, how eager you are to bring this to the Senators and how hungry you are for that kind of success in Ottawa. Uh, you know, how much has this motivated you? 
Yeah, it's um, it's been this extra level of motivation. Uh, you know, looking back and you know, to finish the year, we're six points behind you know, Florida, and um, of course, you can always go you know back to the season what you could change, and you know if this didn't happen, what would happen? But it's just it, it does create a lot of you know, optimism, but you know a little bit of you know disappointment to finish the year and, and uh, just to see kind of how close we were and, and how we made that you know final push and just being six points uh, behind it's uh, definitely a little disappointing but um you know for me individually it's just seeing what Ford is doing and, and how you just need to get in and anything can happen so it's it's definitely you know opened my eyes and, and created this drive that you know being being an auto for going to my sixth year and having experienced playoffs it's something that you know seeing what Matthew's doing I want to provide to Ottawa and, and I know our team wants to provide that for the community because um, no, they need it. They support us through the highs and lows, and and uh, you know, just seeing the atmosphere, seeing kind of all people are talking about is playoffs, and um, that's something that you know, I want to put Ottawa back on the map, and and uh, no, I'm excited. I, it's definitely been a way different um, you know experience this summer, and I've usually kind of take a break from hockey and, and working out, but um, no, I want to get back into it, and and. Uh, no, to be honest with you guys, I want to I want to be back in Ottawa, which we're still playing and, and get playing again. So, um, no, that's definitely I'm excited about what's to come with our team and and uh, you know, we have a, you know, a great group of guys, special group. So, um, hopefully, we can uh, uh, kind of do what Florida's been doing. Yeah, so I, I want to go back to this past season. You guys had a heck of a turnaround, like from the years before to what you guys were able to do last year. You guys were a really fun team to watch play. A lot of offense, physicality, uh, that energy. You know, for, for you, having been there for as long as you've been there now, now the captain, you know, what did you see that was the biggest difference from, you know, maybe the season before to what you guys did this year? Well, I think, uh, you know, going to the year, I think we had, you know, some expectations, and I think that was the first kind of time in our in, a lot of the guys uh, on our teams, you know, first time of experiencing those expectations and and kind of having a little more pressure on on ourselves to perform. And um, you know, we wanted to play meaningful games down down to April, but kind of once you get in those meaningful games, you are like, all right, we're here. We might as well try and go for it and try to get in playoffs. And anything can happen. So um, we, I think that was just the experience in itself. Uh, I think will make us so much better. And and uh, no, I just it's. Now for our group, it's just it was an awesome experience. We, we, I think at the start, you know, right around the trade deadline, we, you know, we're starting to play really well, and and uh, um, and then I think you know as you're kind of getting that playoff push is is the highs and the lows, and you kind of think almost too far ahead, and I think that's what we did kind of at the start. Then we struggled a little bit, and and uh, and then all of a sudden we're like, let's just take it one day at a time and, and see what happens. So I think just that overall experience. Uh, for our team is going to help us tremendously down the road. And, and I think, you know, for the guys I've talked to, just seeing what Florida's been doing and how close they were and how you could say that we were pretty even team with them throughout the year, it it's, uh, says a lot that not only like playoffs, but if you get in that uh, just having the belief that you can accomplish it and play for the Stanley Cup. So I think the overall experience was definitely a huge step for us and will make us uh, – that much better uh, going into the next couple of years. Well, one thing that happened this year is because you guys were an exciting team and you had such a turnaround and you really are a promising team for the next number of years, 
You guys got a lot of Hollywood interest in buying your team. You had Ryan Reynolds for a bit, Snoop Dogg, The Weeknd. What has that all been like for you guys as players? I know you're not involved in the day-to-day negotiations, but it has to be exciting that you guys are kind of a hot ticket now. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I think it was that that week where people's names are just kept popping up and that they're interested in our team. And it's, uh, it's definitely pretty cool. And of course, like you said, I don't know the, the behind the scenes day by day things, but uh, hopefully it gets resolved sooner rather than later. And, and, uh, but it's an exciting time for uh, not only our team, but you know, the city itself and, and to have people that are prominent and, now globally is that that are interested in our team it's uh it's pretty awesome it's pretty uh pretty exciting well brady we're excited about your uh matthew entering the stanley cup final we're excited we're excited for him your family and to know that you guys are going to be rooting in the kachuk household we thank you for joining us and hopefully we get a chance to watch you in uh a year maybe do the we same will, thing Anthony. for matthew we will. as matthew. oh yeah that that's the plan no i appreciate it guys thanks brady appreciate Thanks a lot, brady. Thank you. appreciate it man See you guys. Take care. It's Brady Kachuk here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. You know what I love about that? He's so happy for his brother, but it is eating him up inside that his team couldn't get into the dance. His team couldn't do it because he wants it so bad. So we talk about that. If you've never won it before, how can you know what it takes? Just listen to that. Go back and listen to that again. One of the first things he says is like how eager he is to get his team. There. Absolutely, and it's not—he's not just saying it. He's not because he's not talking to an Ottawa fan base. He's talking to no. obviously a Blues fan mm-hmm. base, right? And certainly uh, a St. Louis fan base that that wants to root on their own. But he doesn't get anything out of just saying coming on a St. Louis radio station saying, "Yeah, I want to do this for for Ottawa too." He means it, and I I saw that too. And it's funny that you circle back to it and asked him again because I noticed that that same deal is like, wow, he's. He's already thinking about what what he wants to do and bring to the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, taking what he's seen and learned and applying it to his team. Definitely. And using it as a, an experience. He's certainly good enough to get there. There's no no question Absolutely. about that. And he's got the he's got the drive too. Are we buying at all that the Cardinals and they have played nineteen games or will play nineteen games in nineteen days? Are we buying that they're too tired? That was one of the uh, suggestions that our guy BT threw out there. You hear what he has to say, and Jamie and I will discuss it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Whether it sounds like an excuse or not, this team is gassed. They are out of it. They are out of gas right now. They're running on fumes. It's been now, today will be 19 games in 19 days, and they've got nothing left to give. So the hope is you, you dig deep, you figure something out before back-to-back off days that they need here badly. But you think about it, whatever your job is. If you do it for 19 straight days and you're expected to perform at a high level, you are not going to be the same person at whatever you do. I don't care what it is by the end of it. And I think that's what we saw in that ball game yesterday. I think that's what we've been seeing here recently out of this team. That's our guy, Brad Thompson, who joined us for the first full hour of the show today with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. BT was talking about the dip in the offense, the dip in the play. 19 games in 19 days, and this team looks and is exhausted. What's interesting, and BT, BT isn't wrong. I mean, this is a team that's probably out of gas. I mean, there's a lot of games. 
But here's what's interesting. A.J. Brzezinski was talking on his Foul Territory podcast of why the Cardinals are playing 19 games in 19 days. You know what the Cardinals did? So the Cardinals are in a stretch of like 19 games in 19 days. Mm -hmm. They were supposed to have Memorial Day off, yesterday off against the Royals. They were supposed to play Tuesday, Wednesday and have Thursday off. The organization went to Major League Baseball and said, we'll get a bigger crowd on Memorial Day. Move the game to Monday. So they play Monday, Tuesday, have Wednesday, Thursday off. Oh, come on. And they almost got perfectoed last night too. Yep. True story. There you have it. So if AJ Brzezinski is telling... Telling the truth. (laughs) If he's telling the truth and he does have good information, the Cardinals did this to themselves, at least yesterday. And I get it. You want it you want to make sure that on Memorial Day you have a you have a game. Day game, everybody's off. It's got the Royals in town, but then you reap what you sow, because the Royals came in here and almost threw a combined perfect game against you, including from a guy in Mike Myers, who wasn't very good for your club. As as BT noted, what was the ERA for Mike Myers at Bush Stadium? Oh, was it like in the nine or yeah, nines or something? It was up there. Either way, and he and he was excellent. He dotted you. Excellent. I'd say that's an understatement. He's outstanding. <laughs> he was incredible. So the Cardinals the Cardinals did this to themselves, at least on the back half of this. Do you buy that this team is gas though? Yes, I really do. I mean, look, it, it's easy for. For all of us to sit at home and watch and be like, "Well, come on, you know, you're paid millions of dollars." It doesn't mean that doesn't mean <laughs> doesn't mean you're not tired. <laughs> like it doesn't make someone a superhero. <laughs> it might make their bank account a superhero, but not them. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So you know, and I know well, they travel around and private jets. You make jets. millions. You're immune to being tired. You piece of garbage. They're babied. Okay, I understand, but they still have to get out there and play the game, and it's a lot of days in a row, mentally and physically. Knowing what we know about the physical grind of is one thing, but the mental grind it is for these guys for all their at bats, and if the preparation is what we think it's supposed to be, now that we know what the cardinal way is or what the major league baseball players do, whether it's the catcher or the hitters that are diving into the pitchers and their pitch sequence and their percentages of curveballs and sliders and all this stuff, I guess taxing. Then you got to get out on the field the next morning and work on something, or at least take batting practice. Get out there like there is no rest for these guys. And say what you want. Be as critical as you want of that. And if it was like 11, 12 games, I'd be like, oh, come on, guys, suck it. This 19 days in a row, which includes travel, and I know they travel luxuriously. It's still an inconvenience. It's still travel. Traveling creates dehydration, too. It's a, it's a physiological fact. So you're battling all the time to keep yourself in a great spot, to feel great, just so you can go out and perform. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Do you still have to play the games? Yes, you do. Do you need to hit the ball? Yeah, you do. I mean, these are things that you're supposed to do within, you know, the, the what your 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 job is. But man, it doesn't mean they're not tired. Right. So have other have other teams figured out how to hit Kansas City pitching? Yes. Yeah. 18 days in a row, though? I don't know. Yeah. So they got the last one tonight, right? And then uh-huh. they get a couple of days off. Is it that's correct? Yeah, yeah. two. They get two full days Interesting. off. Interesting. Two full days off. If I'm going to, like, reassess this team, it's going to be after the two-day break. In the first series that they have, what do they look like overall in the mm-hmm. series? 
Yeah. Not like two days is going to completely fill up the gas tank again. But at least it's not just at least it's not just bonging on empty for the last seven games. Bonging on empty. Yeah, bong, 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 bong. Huh. Low fuel level. Ah, mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Go ahead, Marsh. What other bonging is there, Anthony? No, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, the only pushback I will I will say is that you just sat your big three guys like maybe less than a week ago. One a game. That game. was one game. One Marsh? game, eh, Marshy? Oh, jeez. Why don't you just go ahead and say that because they make millions of dollars, they should never get tired. There's, there's, there's there our it guy, Marshy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Way to put words in my mouth. I would never <laughs> do something like that. I would never put words in your mouth. Hey. I would never manipulate audio to make Anthony, you say something you that you didn't that say. You put all the time, time Marsh. Anthony, like that. he can speak for himself. I'm not putting anything in his mouth. All right? Well, Let's just, just start did. there. And Marshy, a doctor audio all the time. What? He does. He really does. There's some days I don't even know what's going on. I'm not a doctor. I'm a magician. You're a, you're a doctor of audio. I'm not that's a doctor. For sure. <laughs> hey, you know what else? I'm a magician. Yeah, I'm not a doctor. I'm a magician. Um, no, I'm not a magician. Yeah, that's the that's what one. it is. Yeah. Damn, a, damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor, not, not a, a magician. magician. There it is. All right. What TV show? Star Trek. Yes, the original Star Trek. I only know the line, not the not the show. Doctor mm-hmm. McCoy, the old Spock, You're an old Star Trek fan, huh? Oh yeah, my dad used to make me watch it. He loved it. We huh? had one TV in the house, Anthony. <laughs> that was it. Yep. Is You're gonna that? love this, son. No, I won't. <laughs> yeah, <you> will. <laughs> dad, I hate it. Yeah, you'll learn to love it. Yep. Kyle Hebert's gonna join us next. He's our guy with St. Louis City SC. We'll talk to him about the big win over Vancouver and a pretty special final goal in that game as well. We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter, and we are now joined by our guy Kyle Hebert of St. Louis City SC, who buries the Vancouver Whitecaps three to one over the weekend. Kyle, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Good oh. to be back on. By the way, that intro music really cool. That might have been the first time I heard it in all its length. So. Well done there. It was okay. So nice job to Marsh. That's our did DJ it, Marshy Marsh. Kyle, did it make you want to dance? Because uh, full disclosure, the three of us in the studio were hip thrusting. Yeah, it wasn't pretty, but we were doing it. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm visualizing that now. Yeah, you are. Nice. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time you'll dance too. But you're right. It's it's just good music. Uh, Kyle, I, I we got to start here. Miguel Perez of our very own Pattonville High School in St. Louis scores in extra time on Saturday, and you guys erupt. What was it like when he's when he scored on Saturday night? Yeah, I mean, one of the like first off for him and his family, like he just graduated high school, eighteen year old kid, ton of composure, great player, great guy in the locker room, special moment for him. But what was even more cool for me, it was like. All 22,500 people in the stadium seemed to know his story of him being a homegrown kid, and it just seemed like that caused them to get 
you know, even more frenetic than it was another goal or anything like that. So I think that was, which was hugely impactful for him as well. So amazing moment. Yeah. So Kyle, you get a young guy like that. And yeah, I remember uh, being in the league for a number of years and you get a young player that comes in one, their energy is always infectious because they're so excited to be there and so happy to be there. But it's another thing too, when they have success, that adds like a whole other layer of, you know, the energy to the locker room or to the team on the pitch and all that stuff. So for you for you personally, when you see a young guy like this come in, you know, what what is some advice you have for him? And then, you know, what do you tell him after he scores that goal? Yeah, I probably just I'm yeah, I'm not telling him much right after he scores the goal in the moment, you know, <laughs> obviously, but I think throughout, you know, preseason or whatnot, you know, just recognizing like, hey, he's doing his thing. He's doing it at a high level. And even for me, I played with him last year with the second team, like his progression has been just astronomical, even from last year to this year. Um, And so just being able to just see that, um, you know, the work that he puts in and probably the biggest thing for him is that he's just mentally never seems to really be phased. You know, he makes a mistake like a young kid would do, but he just moves on. He doesn't dwell on that. And so I think that's, that's one of his biggest assets. Kyle Hebert of St. Louis City SC joining us right now on the fast line on 101 ESPN. All right, Kyle, I got to get I got to get the strategy breakdown from you. What happened with Vancouver? How were you guys able to control that game? Talk to us from an X's and O's standpoint. Yeah, no, I think I mean the first half was high energy both ways. We were like we knew they they pressed out, you know, centrally. So we really had to limit our turnover centrally, kind of similar to Minnesota, where they were always going to be ready, um, ready to pounce if we made a mistake. And so that was something, you know, limit where we're losing the ball, especially with a team like that, where it's like, then they're just straight down your throat. Um, and then I think it was, we had some other chances, but a couple, you know, individual moments of, of brilliance, like Edu's cross shot, whatever you want to call it, that goes right in the top corner. Um you know, a dangerous ball in behind that we end up, you know, they end up turning into an own goal. And then, you know, a good ball in by Edu, good save. You see Tomash, quickest to react, maybe six in the top corner. So a couple moments of brilliance and, you know, locking down and sticking with our game plan, um, yeah, led to that win. Kyle, how, I mean, it's it's it, even the announcers are talking about it. It almost feels like, week after week, you guys are able to generate an own goal. Give us a little insight. Are you going like to the opponent's hotel the night before and threatening <laughs> them? Or like, what's the gameplay? Because you guys are outstanding getting these guys to make their own mistakes. Yeah, no. I mean, if I told you exactly what was going on, I'd have to kill you. Yeah, so that makes I'm sense, Kyle. I'm yeah. willing to risk it, Kyle. <laughs> you open the door, Kyle. Not good. <laughs> No, I think uh, a part of our game plan, and we've talked about it before, is when we get the ball, we want to be vertical as quick as possible. So we want to get to their goal with the minimal amount of passes and time. So not giving them much time to react. And you see, like, their second goal. So we, I think Tim heads it, and then Edu turns. He's inside his own half. He takes one or two touches, and Jared's running off the shoulder of the center back. And at the, this point, the game is just so, like, they're expansive. So their team is out of position. And as he hits the ball in behind, their center back's thinking, like, they're going right away. Like, i got to get any kind of touch on this. And fortunately for us, that touch was, 
was towards the goal. But I would say, you know, we deserve, you know, some of the credit for just putting, you put opponents under that kind of pressure night in and night out where, you know, right when you win the ball, you're right down their throats. Uh, mistakes are going to be made, you know. They're, they're human, we're human, so those are going to happen. Hey, Kyle, you guys have uh, maintained your success here by playing that bulldog style of soccer, all while not having, you know, one of your biggest guys out there, Klaus. Um, you know, how, how much of an adjustment has that been for you guys? And is Klaus getting any closer to getting back uh, on the pitch? Yeah, no, I mean, Klaus is a big loss for us. I mean, he's physically, he, he demands a lot of attention, occupies the center backs. Not only is he a, a goal scorer, but he's also got good feet. He's creating opportunities um, for other guys. And then it's the flip side is, you know, next man up. You know, we've had guys step into that role, and, you know, who have been wanting minutes and, you know, feeling like they deserve minutes. And then they get this opportunity kind of like Acelio Pompeo, who is showing very well, um, you know, with that role. Indy Vasilev is playing as the 10, and then Nico is more as the out-and-out out nine, which – you know, he had a big goal against Kansas City and, you know, works his butt off every game. Um, in terms of when Klaus will be back, I'll leave that for the medical team. You know, hopefully he's progressing day by day. And, you know, I'm hoping it's sooner rather than later. I know a lot of St. Louis City fans are as well. No doubt, Kyle. Uh, Kyle, the, the, other, the other thing, too, when you're, when you're talking about Klaus – and you would you had mentioned he kind of occupies uh, a certain area, and, I, and and if you could rephrase that for me, just so I get the lingo down, I'd appreciate it. But you say kind of occupies space. Is is Klaus one of those players that for opponents they have to know where he is? Because I feel like when he was on the field and he had that goal run early, the the opponent would almost collapse on him. It was like four guys would collapse on him anytime the ball was headed to him. Still couldn't stop, him. and it couldn't. They still couldn't stop him. You know, is that is that just who he is, or is that a product of your offense and the way that it's set up to get the ball to him? Yeah, it's it's probably a product of I can think of maybe two things. Is one when you have an out and out number nine or center forward or striker, whatever you want to call it, like Klaus, who's between center backs, they're often going to get kind of that double attention from both center backs or triple attention with. Um, one of the center mids coming on top. And then I think yeah, the second piece would be just especially how effective he can be when he's not in front of goal. Like it's whenever he's getting the ball, he has that creative ability. I think that definitely impacted when opponents were looking like, hey, we're, when he gets the ball, we need multiple guys on him to try to limit you know, some of his creativity and movement and, and stuff that he would create for us. Great stuff as always, Kyle. We we appreciate you coming on. We always have fun with you. You guys are killing it right now. Keep playing well, and uh, we'll hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you again next week too. That would be amazing. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks appreciate a lot, Kyle. you. Take care, bud. That's Kyle. Right, see you later. See ya. That's Kyle Hebert here in the Fast Lane on One Hundred and One ESPN. He's a lot of fun, man. He He's is. Great. He he fits in well with He's us. Fitting in just right. I don't know if we can uh, call him a psychopath quite yet, like you and I. But oh, um, I think it's in there. He's an honorary psychopath. Yeah, I think it's in there. I and mean, when he's talking about, you know. I'll have to, if I tell you, I have to kill you. That there's some psycho in him. Good Canadian boy. Absolutely. Kyle, Kyle's the best. So Kyle Hebert joining us here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. If you missed that interview, if you missed the Brady Kachuk interview, if you missed the Scott Spezio interview today, no worries. we got you covered on the podcast, 101ESPN.com, or your 101ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
That was fun. That was a fun. There we go. I was go. like, what the heck? It sounded weird. He gave me the family feud. He gave me the family feud. I kept going. Anthony was starting to just keep going. Because I had the transition Anthony, in my head. You don't even listen to me. But it was, once it hit the old ear hole, I'm like, wait a second. That didn't sound right. Went right through. It did. Well, it's, I mean, that's any information. Echo. But not today. Not. Oh. Because we get the gauntlet next. Oh, Kyle's up for not Hebert, but the different a different <laughs> guy. He's up for a gauntlet trophy. We'll see if he can get not it again. done next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Five oh four. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. So we got to uh, we got to pivot a little bit here because our guy Kyle cannot do the do the gauntlet today. Cold feet, Anthony. Now it is an hour past what when we normally yeah, do. Yeah, but, but he, uh, I think he had all this time, a little more time. It's like freezing the kicker. Is that what he's doing? Uh, no, I think we did it to him inadvertently. Oh. Anyways, Kyle can't join us until Thursday now. So we do need a new gauntlet contestant. So if you want to participate in the gauntlet, 314-399-9646. Just text in gauntlet. We do need a new gauntlet contestant. And we'll take on Kyle for a gauntlet trophy on Thursday. With Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter, let's talk about Ryan Helsley. Right now, we didn't get into this with BT. There was some other stuff going on. Plus, we played the lineup game with BT. Uh, but at some point, I do want to ask him about Ryan Helsley. He blew his fourth save over the weekend, but a lot of the numbers are good. So for example, he's not given up a ton of home runs. I think he's only given up one on the year. The strikeout numbers, while not where they were a year ago, where they were a year ago was absolutely disgusting. Disgustingly good. So. Mm-hmm. It's not like the overall numbers indicate that he is a mess. But would you consider organizing the bullpen structure a little bit and have guns, uh, Gio, I always do this, Gio Gallegos Gio be your Gonzalez? closer? Yeah, I don't know. I want, I'd rather have Gallegos personally. Yeah, me too. Um, Gonzalez, I think, is out of the game. So, now. look, at, there's, no, there's no question that the closer role is a stressful role. For these guys, um, you have so much at stake, and other teams are bringing it in the last inning or the last couple innings, whatever. The, like, there's a lot of pressure on these guys, which is why I believe you should rotate the closer around a little bit. You know, you've got the guys to do it. You've got Geo, you've got Helsley. Heck, Palante has done it before in the past. Rotate it around a little bit. You know, Helsley. You know, from what I understand, doesn't necessarily like to pitch back-to-back games or whatnot, and so maybe he's your maybe he's your eighth inning guy. Maybe you flip-flop him and Geo for a while. Mm-hmm. Maybe you give him a day off and let Palante get in there at that spot. I don't know, but and this is maybe not fair to Ryan Helsley. I'm not sure, but I'm going to say it anyways. I don't know if he necessarily deals with the pressure that great all the time. Because he has, he's an all-star last year, and he, you know he was money at times. But then, look at some of the blow-ups. And I get it's it happens at times, but I think it takes a very um, specific type of athlete to get into that moment and thrive every single time. Yeah, 
And I know that's not realistic, but we look at guys like Izzy, our guy Izzy. Very specific individual. Izzy's incredibly competitive, uh, wants the ball every time the game's on the line. You know, and you go, go through the line of whoever your top closer is over the years, or mm-hmm. not even in the franchise, just outside of the franchise. They're all very unique. Oliver Perez is my guy. Okay. That's great, Anthony. But each of them very unique in the fact that they love the moment, they love the pressure, and they love closing the game out. I think Ryan Helsley's still learning how to get into that mindset every single time. Mm-hmm. So that's why I would rotate it around a little bit. I mean, oh, man, this is this Say is it, quite a sticky situation. Say I mean, it. You bring Giovanni Gallegos in to close a game, he gives up you know, two home runs. Uh-huh. Right. Oh, that happened earlier today. And then people were complaining that Gio isn't a closer, that he is a setup man. And we saw him blow a game in the World Baseball Classic. So now if we're talking about pressure, can he do that? I think he can. Um, I think this is me personally, I I wouldn't have pitched to Jose Ramirez. He's the only guy that can hit on that team. Maybe you don't Seriously. stop. Fair, Anthony. I want to pitch Simi to Kwan him. Kwan had a big game. He's the only guy that has anything red on his fan graphs. Okay, thing. all right, take it easy. Rosario probably has some red somewhere. And somewhere. you know, I, I maybe he gets out of that. We're not even having this conversation. But I, you know, eight straight balls thrown. Uh-huh. You got to get somebody going at least, right? Like right. I think, I think some of the frustration for me at times with this bullpen is not having guys ready to go. And we saw that over the weekend that they had to somewhat manipulate uh, you know, some time to get Cabrera ready to go. And I thought Ollie did a good job at that, at, mm-hmm. at you know, making sure that he was ready. They came in, they got the, the – I believe it was a double play. They hit it right back to him, and they went home to first. Um, I just think that if Helsley's on two days rest – We've seen this happen before. I think you have to have someone ready to go. He throws eight straight balls, get get him out of the game. Yeah, maybe maybe it is. I mean, it, it sucks because you don't want to just kind of constantly tiptoe through an, every ninth inning situation or, hey, did he throw too many the night before? But that's kind of where you're at, you're at right now. Here, here's here's some of the facts, though. He's throwing about as hard as he ever has when it comes to Ryan Helsley. So you're not seeing a dip in velocity that would indicate an issue. Again, the strikeout rate is still very good at 30%. He's allowed just one home run in 23 and a third innings. The blow-ups, the four blow-ups, that, that, is, that is frustrating. But you are going to get moments where you can't close out games, even when you're the closer. I mean, it's just you're going to have blown saves. If it's, if it's a string of blown games, maybe then you start to tinker a little bit. I think this is a little premature right now, though. That's just my opinion. But I don't disagree, Jamie, for what you were saying about the ninth inning and having maybe a screw or two loose because the ninth inning is different. Mm-hmm. And sabermetric people have often said this as well. It's difficult to quantify getting the last three outs of a game compared to any three outs in previous innings. It shouldn't be different, but it is. Yeah, I mean... Just on the surface, it's just three outs. Right. Three batters, three outs. Yeah. No. But that is not true. A couple things happen there. One, the pressure hits the pitcher. Two, the batters elevate sometimes. They raise their game. For whatever reason, because we talk about all the time, there's guys that can perform in the big moments and guys that can't. And in those moments, that's where the, the true competitors relish that moment. Mm-hmm. They want to be the spoiler. 
And if you're, you know, the, the flip side of that is you want to close the game out. So those last three outs are way different than any other three outs in the entire ballgame. Definitely. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. We got a gauntlet contest in March. All right, we're set to go then. We got the gauntlet coming up next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. All right, we have a late version of the gauntlet. I don't know if we've ever had a later version, in fact, but we had a scheduling conflict with our guy Kyle. We had some interviews in the 4 o'clock hour, so we couldn't do it then, and then Kyle couldn't do it uh, at 5 o'clock. So, anyways, Aaron is stepping in right now. Aaron, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you boys? We're doing well. Thanks for being available. Oh, thank you for having me. So, Aaron? Would you like to take on Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, or myself today in the gauntlet? Uh, I want to take on you. Me? Oh, oh man, I wasn't prepared. I was kind of prepared <laughs> a little bit, but not for Aaron. All right, Aaron, good luck. All right, you too. Thanks. Thank you. All right, Anthony's uh, making his way into the cone of silence. Aaron, we'll get four yes, questions sir. here. I know you know the rules. We'll go over them real quick. Each question is worth two points. If you have to use the options and you answer it correctly, it's worth one point. If you get it wrong, well, you just flat out get it wrong and you get zero points. All right, Aaron, it is time for you to tell Marshy to spin that wheel. All right, spin that wheel. All right, Aaron, what category do you absolutely not want? Uh, uh, probably hockey. Well, good news, Aaron, it's not hockey. All right. What would you like it to be? Uh, baseball. Well, it's not baseball either. It's random, Aaron. <laughs> <All right. laughs> this wheel is loaded. Yeah, it keeps going back to random all the time. All right, buddy. So the questions are random questions, whether it's sports-related or insects. I mean, you know the routine on this one. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. All right, let's get after it here. Category random question number one. Jao Klaus still leads St. Louis City SC with five goals this season. Who leads the team with four assists? I'm going to need the options. All right. Is it Nicholas Giacchini, Edward Leuven, or Jared Stroud? I know nothing about soccer, so I'm going to go with the, the last one. Jared Stroud? Jared Stroud. Yep. Final answer? Final answer. Thank you. Aaron, question number two. Which country is Pope Francis from? Oh, geez. <laughs> I'm not Catholic. Um, I, give me the options on that, too. Argentina, Italy, Portugal. Um, I'll say Italy. Final answer? Yeah. All right, Aaron. Question Number three, staying hot here with soccer. Against which team <laughs> did St. Louis City SC have their match suspended due to weather? They will continue the match on June 7th against this team. Uh, I'll need the options again. All right, buddy. Here they are. Was it 
the Chicago Fire, FC Dallas, or Colorado Rapids? I'll go FC Dallas. Final answer? Final answer. Question number four. Who won the most recent Indy 500? Ooh, options. Is it Joseph Newgarden, Marcus Erickson, or Santo- Santino Ferrucci? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Erickson. Final answer? Final answer. All right, Aaron, before we wave Anthony in here, I don't think you should yeah. be. Too, I don't think you should be too worried. I think Anthony's going to struggle today. Too. Oh, this is going to be. <laughs> this is going to be very entertaining. It's going to be yeah, interesting. I should have said I want soccer the least because I, I haven't made it to any games yet. So. Oh man! All right, well let's get Anthony back in here. He's perusing his phone. I know what he's doing. He's Facebook Marketplace. I think he's buying a couple maybe. of lawn chairs, maybe yeah. something like that. Backpage Craigslist. <laughs> well, let's hope not. All right, Anthony. Yes, sir. We got football today? No. Yeah, we do. Yes, we do. But it's random trivia. Yeah, That's not football at all. You'll see. What happened to the football? You'll find out. You'll find out. Uh Uh-oh. All right, Anthony. Oh, no. Is it soccer? Uh, You know, never know. That football? Random trivia. Question number one. Chow Close still leads St. Louis City SC. With five goals this season. Who leads the team with four assists? Four assists, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, that has got to be... I'm going to say Leuven. Leuven's always around the ball. Final answer? Final answer, Leuven. Okay. Question number two. Which country is Pope Francis from? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, you'd think... Uh good Catholic boy like yourself, Anthony. Italy. (laughs) Probably Italy, but it's probably not. I'm assuming it's not since it's a question. It's probably too obvious. (laughs) Can I have the options? You sure can. Argentina, Italy, or Portugal? This is just one I'm going to be set up for failure on. Argentina or Portugal. I'm going to go with Portugal. Final answer. Question number three, Anthony. Mm -hmm. Against which team did St. Louis City SC have their match suspended due to weather? They will continue the match on June 7th against this team. Uh, Is that team in Texas? I think it was Austin. They played Austin the first game, didn't they? I think it was the team in Texas. Can I have the options, please? Was it the Chicago Fire, FC Dallas, or Colorado Rapids? FC Dallas. I'm pretty sure it's a team in. I'm glad I didn't say Austin. FC Dallas, final answer. Question number four. Who won the most recent Indy 500? The one that was yesterday? The most recent. The most recent. I, I can't say his name. Um, We're going to need you if you want to get the answer. Yeah, right. I'm going to need the options. I can't say his name. Can I say his name? Sure. All right, your options are Yosef Newgarden. That's it. Marcus Erickson. No. Santino Ferrucci. Erickson won 
in 2022. The first option. Yosef? Yosef won this this past weekend. So Yosef, final answer. All right. Let's go over this. That was tough. Question number two. Which country is Pope Francis from? Anthony, are you Catholic? I am, sir. Hmm. Okay. (laughs) Aaron, you said Italy. Anthony, you said Portugal. Mm -hmm. Tell them why, though, Jamie. Tell them why. Because Italy was too obvious. Correct. Answer is... Argentina. Argentina. I knew it. It was not Italy. Your parents are so pissed at you (laughs) right now. They already know I'm a failure. They get it. All right. Zero, zero. After one. Uh, Let's go to question number one. Jao Klaus still leads St. Louis City SC with five goals this year. Who leads the team with four assists? Aaron, you said Jared Stroud. Anthony, you said Edward Leuven. The answer is Jared Stroud. Nice. Aaron nice needed job, the options, Aaron. though. Yeah. Nice job, Aaron. Aaron's up one nothing at this point. Let's go to question number three. Against which team did St. Louis City SC have their match suspended due to weather? They will continue the match on June 7th against this team. Aaron, you said FC Dallas. No! Anthony, you said FC Dallas. Answer is... Well, it's that team from Texas. It's FC Dallas. Both of you needed the options, though, on that one. Two to one, headed into our final question of the day. Who won the most recent Indy 500? Aaron, you said Marcus Erickson. Anthony, you said Joseph Newgarden. (laughs) Answer is... It's Yosef. New Garden. <laughs> Anthony needed nice. the options. So guess what? Walk it off. We, we got a battle, Aaron. This is a good one today. All right. Okay, so here's how it works, Aaron. We'll ask the question. Do not answer. Anthony Stalter will write down his answer. The moment he's done writing it down, we will go to you, and we expect that answer quickly. All right, oh, yeah. buddy? Okay, so here it is. The tiebreaker question. At what temperature in Fahrenheit does water boil? Uh, uh, This is wrong. All right, we've got Anthony's number. Aaron, what is your answer? And Fahrenheit, it's 212. In Celsius, it's 100. All right. We've got a winner here. <laughs> yeah, I, would so. I would think so. Aaron. You have chosen <laughs> wisely. <laughs> well done, Aaron. Yeah. Must be a teacher. <laughs> so, Are you a teacher or you're just smarter, smarter than the average bear? I, I'm not a teacher. I sell tires. But, hey, you know, it's one of the things you remember from college. There you go. Or not remember from college, like me. So Anthony yeah. Stalter <laughs> wrote down uh, 105. Yeah. That was interesting. Uh, the answer is, in fact, 212 degrees Fahrenheit. I, I thought he was either 
210 or 105. Either way, I would have lost. Yeah. Nice job, Aaron. Nice job. job. Aaron. We'll see you. I, I guess appreciate we'll, it. Thank you. We'll get you back on here tomorrow. Okay, I'll do it. All, All right, right, buddy. Thanks nice a lot, job. man. All right, thank you, guys. Thank you. If only I could have remembered how to say Yosef whatever. Yeah. Nude Garden. Mm-hmm. Nude Garden. N- nude Garden. Mm-hmm. If I remembered that, you know. Mm-hmm. Or if you just knew where the Pope was from, mm-hmm. Anthony. No, nobody remembers that. Yeah, well, no. No, no, no Catholics know where the Pope's from, right? No. Good one. By the way, got an email from John Gasparoni, who is the director of team communications with City SC. You know, he helps Uh-oh. us with what about Heber. He, hates us. he said that Leuven leads a team and assists with five. So oh, wait a minute here. So I wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you would win, Anthony. Wait Marcy, a minute. What do we do here? What do we got? I, I don't know. What do we do? I mean, he works with the team. He works for the team. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, he has five. Klaus and Stroud have four. Yes. But what do we do? Do we just not call him tomorrow? <laughs> Sorry about your luck, Aaron. No, he can come back on tomorrow. He can come back on tomorrow. I feel like you got wronged here, though, Anthony. We would fight. Something going on here. We would fight for the contestant. We have. Here's the thing. He knew immediately that cell, that the 212. I had. Yeah, I didn't know he, that. He did know that. I also knew immediately that it was Leuven. You did. You said it's Leuven because he's always around the balls. It, that's what I said. Yeah. All right. Well, we wow. can uh, we can either have him back on tomorrow. And <laughs> I know better than to look at you sometimes. Um, well, we can have him on tomorrow, and hey, we we handed him a victory. We're certainly not going to strip that victory away from him. So why don't we just have him on tomorrow? Hey, you know, sometimes round two, run it back. Sometimes you people blow the call, and you know? we don't have yeah, a replay. But, you know, this is human. Uh, it's all human. Human. It's human error. I feel like a couple things on this one. One, we got an email from the team directly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a couple things. One, they're listening. Thank you for listening, by the way. Yeah, we uh, love you, City. Holding us accountable. <laughs> Thank you for doing that as well. Uh, and the fact that the team's doing so well, we shouldn't screw up the right answers when it comes to St. Louis City SC. No. No. We Grant, did get- Grant did that. Mm-hmm. He's fired. <laughs> We did get a Goodbye, text, Grant. though, from, thanks, Dad, unofficial, it wasn't the text line. No, the text line did say it, too. I've got a snapshot right here oh, of the stats wow. from someone in the 618. It says right here, Leuven, five assists, Klaus, four, Strauss, Stroud, four. Okay. Oh, well, quite the predicament. We, yeah. All right. Know, maybe maybe we'll we have it out. again tomorrow. And... Yeah, maybe you we... You know what? Let's just take care of our business. This is a hand pass game. Someone it is. said... It's a hand pass game. It's a hand pass game. Yeah, we just got to win tomorrow. Someone said, call him back. Another walk-off question. I'd nah. rather do a whole other gauntlet <laughs> than a walk-off question <laughs> where I panic I and write we'll, down... We'll take this we'll figure to it out. the Board of Governors. Either way, Aaron is back tomorrow. We'll whether, get an answer. Yeah, whether whether Somehow. we just advance him to round two and it's just a bad call that I get to deal with, which is fine. I don't think Aaron would want that, though. Or we could do it. We could do a rematch. We could figure this out. But we'll we'll handle it tomorrow. I don't think Aaron would want to just be. Oh, here's your rib, and you just get to move on, right. even though you lost. Aaron's a yeah. competitor, man. Yeah, he but I also it. don't want him eliminated. No, I agree. Sure. I don't want to yeah. eliminate him either. They're saying we uh, Jim Joyced this one. We did. Yeah. Mm. If I had a perfect game going on like Galarraga, that mm. certainly mm-hmm. would fit. I like your hand pass it wasn't theory though. Galarraga. Yeah. It was. No. 
Andres Galarraga, he played first base. No, no. It's a different Galarraga. <laughs> and I know you know that because you're hey, laughing. You know who else had a perfect game going? You know who else had a perfect the game Royals. going? The Royals. Yeah, they did yeah. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Michael Myers, talk about a horror film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He must be the nightmare that City SC is putting in other teams' nightmares. That's true. Their dreams yeah. or whatever. Darn right. Biggest question of the day. We'll figure out the gauntlet mess. But biggest question of the day next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. Hi, right, you heard the big boys. Time for the biggest question of the day with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh. Guys, we have a text from Jack, and Jack wants to know. Does it make sense for the cards to be sellers if this kind of play continues? Absolutely. What? You're gonna you're gonna How have to. How the hell can you be a seller with Arenado and Goldie and the, Contreras, all these guys that you're supposed to be, you know, building around? You good, Jamie? No, I'm not good. Go ahead. You could be a seller when you have 42 shortstops and second basemen. Not enough outfielders are pitching. That's how you could be a seller. You're going to have to free doesn't up. Doesn't that make you a buyer? Yes. So, you're uh, a buyer and a seller. I think the question, honestly, all jokes aside, I think the question. You qu- sell to buy. No. I think the question is geared Something toward, like and Marsh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, which I'm not, but uh, I think the question is more geared towards if the Cardinals aren't going to be in first place, are they sellers with no return? Like pick up some young no, prospects. Not in the condition. So not the, not in the. That is the traditional. Yeah. Like the Anthony, no, the Blues not did in the traditional. This year. Exactly. Sense. See, what do you mean? See, see, you're wrong. Again, uh, hey Jamie, it says does it make sense for the Cardinals to be sellers if this? Yes, it does make. Play. Okay, it but, does make sense. Anthony, come on, man. Traditional on, man. sense? No. Okay, there you go. John Mozeliak himself. Have you seen this division? Said the dumpster fire. Looking to add at the deadline. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Rich Hill. <laughs> or some other soft-tossing lefty. We get it. Or like nine relievers. You might need them. Well, yeah, you're going through a bunch of them. Your starters can't get past the fourth. So from a traditional standpoint embarrassing. of the actual word seller with no return as far as major league talent or other players that can fix your ball club if you're if the cardinals were to be selling for young prospects whether they're young players in the league or triple a level or double a level that's not going to happen i don't see any scenario almost in ever where the cardinals would do that like even in years to come moving ahead the cardinals pride themselves as an organization on always being in the conversation for the division right and if that's the case, then you you can't you can't go and sell off things with no return. The mm-hmm. fans here were going nuts, and I don't blame them. Look at the expectations for this team this year coming into it. Yeah, you have a lot of high-priced players. Whether the fans agree with it or not, that's a financial commitment to these guys. You just extended Miles Michaelis again. Mm-hmm. Um, Contreras, Arnado, Goldie. Like you've got some investment in this team. You also have some really good young talent that's in your lineup that you don't want to part with. Um, you also have some prospects that you can part with in order to be a buyer at the deadline. I think if the Cardinals are 
closer to first place or even at the first place mark in their division, I absolutely think that John Mosellock's a buyer. What does that mean? I don't know. Is it Rich Hill? Maybe. I don't know. But he will be a buyer in the traditional sense of like he's going to go get something to add it to his roster. Yeah. That's my thoughts. I agree. Will the fans be disgusted? Absolutely. But yeah. what if it's Shohei Otani, though? It's not going to be Shohei. The Dodgers, yeah. I On think the Dodgers are going to today, go. Anthony, 5.30, 2023. The time is 5.41 p.m. The Cardinals will, in fact, acquire Shohei Otani this year. Is there a different Shohei Otani? Is there like two Shohei Otanis? Nope. The, like one the guy is that like pitches a... and hits for the um, LA Angels or Anaheim Angels or whatever the heck they're called anymore. So you're reporting this? Yeah, it's fact. What are you doing? I've got some inside knowledge. I got a friend. Don't worry about it. Jamie, I, and it, it pains me to say this. Uh... I don't believe you. Don't ever doubt me, Anthony. Okay. When it happens, you'll see. Are they going to acquire him at the deadline? It'd be a little bit before the deadline. Okay. Do, do you guys believe this team can win a World Series? Absolutely not, Marsh. You Shohei Otani, they can. You need pitching. Andrew, you got to believe. You need so, pitching to win a World Series. Are they? Are they? Because I, I'm just wondering because this season reminds me of the Blues. I mean, it reminds they me didn't of make the, Blues. the playoffs. They were Marsh, bad. That's, come on. Then they had a stretch of games. You're like, oh wait, wait, this is negative. The, I'm not. I'm being it's 18 real. 18 games in 18 days. Andrew. I do not care. I'm being real right now. Ooh. The Cardinals were good. Mm-hmm. They had a good stretch, and now they're playing bad baseball again. Like they're inconsistent. Yeah. And at what point throughout the season did Doug Armstrong say, "This is not the year. We're not a championship team. We have to sell." The only so difference is, but he he sold exist con, players with with contracts that were expiring. There's a few that are expiring on this team. So who would you trade? Well, I, Anthony, I haven't dug that deep. Because Nolan Arenado does not have an ex, he's, no, for, it, and I would never trade those guys. DeYoung, you got the options. Edmund, I believe, is still arbitration eligible. Donovan's arbitration eligible. I think think I'm looking more so at the getting rid of young prospects and getting a player in return that ultimately isn't going to help you. Oh, I yeah, no, I I see what you're saying. It's not going to help you, and then you just lose you just lose out on that prospect. Sure, I don't think you have outside of clearing up your shortstop position. Because Mason Wynn's coming at some point, you hope. Outside of clearing up that that situation, I don't know if you can do what Doug Armstrong did. I understand your thought process yeah. on it. I also don't think that this, the NL Central will allow the Cardinals to be no, traditional no, sellers. No, they'll, they'll be in it the whole the whole right, season because the division sure. dog bleep. Don't you go selling mm-hmm. off. Uh uh uh. We'll play worse. We promise. Ex- exactly. <laughs> leave it to the teams in this crap division to to leave a. To keep a bad Cardinals team in it, what yeah. would you describe this offense as? Uh, wildly inconsistent. Okay. Like sometimes it's good, sometimes it's Man, bad. Man, when they're good, I just want to rock out. Yeah. You know. Sometimes you, when they're good, it's like you want to feast. I just want to feel it, you know. And then when oh, they're hey, not, you. yeah, I I want to be in the in the in the order myself, you know. And when they're not good, mm. when they're oh, not going well, them. it's like you're starved yeah, for runs. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a famine. Wow. Yeah. I see what you're doing here, Anthony. And I don't like it. We got beat the streak coming Anthony, up next. At all.
We got a new Beat the Streak uh, contestant, Jamie. Feaster, go blank yourself, Andrew. 399. That wasn't nice. 9646. It's the Air Comfort Service text line. Uh, if you want to play Beat the Streak, you can you can play next here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Baseball. All of my successes depend on me. You ready to hit? The hits just keep on coming. And his first big league hit is a bullet up the middle. Time to play Beat the Streak in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. And unfortunately, for our last contestant, we do need a new contestant for Beat the Streak. Marsh, before we get to our new contestant, why don't you update us on the standings? All right, Anthony, you are leading the pack with three. <laughs> Unfortunately for Jamie, Nolan Gorman did not get a hit on Friday. That's... Jimenez did not get a hit for me. And unfortunate for Jason, Nolan Arnato did not get a hit. So that brings on Bill today. One man's trash is another man's treasure. Is that, what? Is that the right I don't way? Know if it, yeah, I mean, it's the right way apply? to It's the right way to say it. I don't know if it yeah. applies here, but either way, Bill, yeah, welcome to the show. Know. How are you? Thank you, guys. Doing well. Good man. All right, so Bill, you are going to pick, what, second? Right, Marsh? Because our guests pick, if it's a tie, our guests, yeah, our guests go first. For sure. So, Anthony, you're first. Uh, and then, then Bill is up next. All right, well, look, I got Paul Goldschmidt at a home run tonight against Zach Ranke, so I might as well take him to also record a hit. I'm going to double dip and take Paul Goldschmidt. Bill, you're up. I have to go with no- Nolan Arnato. Nolan Arnato! We got you covered, Bill. Alright, so, Marsh, is that then Jamie or you? Uh, Jamie is up. He had a longer streak than I did. Okay, um... Bill took Arnado. Who'd you take, Anthony? Goldie. Oh, really going out on a limb, huh? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you jerk. Brendan Donovan. It's actually going to be the very first at-bat of the game. Marcia, unfortunately, it won't be your home run, but it will be a hit. Brendan Donovan. Hmm. I'm going with Salvi Perez. Wow. The opposition. Interesting. Yeah. With the way that... Miles Michaelis is throwing right now? Yeah. You're right, you're right, you're no, right. I'm you're, not, no, no, you well, said it. I didn't it. lock it in. You said it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Marsh. <laughs> I'm changing it to Bobby Witt Jr. Oh, uh, that's who I'm going wow. with tonight. Wow, that was awful. Hmm. I kind of hope that Salvi gets a hit now. And Bobby Witt does not with that attitude you got, Marsh. That was some <laughs> full stink. All right. Okay, so this is what we got. I have... Paul Goldschmidt. Bill has Nolan Arenado. Jamie took Brendan Donovan and uh, Marsh had his flip-flops on. He went Salvi Perez and then switched it to Bobby Witt Jr. So that's our beat the streak for tonight. Bill, good luck to you. Hopefully talk to you tomorrow. Yes, sir. All right, good man. You too. Thank you. There you have it. So that is Bill, our new contestant for Beat the Streak. If you miss anything from today's show, you can download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or your 101 ESPN mobile app. And boy, we had a lot of great guests today. Our thanks to Scott Spezio, who joined us, talked a little bit about the Home Run Derby on Saturday night at Carshield Field. Still get plenty of tickets as well. General admission tickets are only on, are, are on sale right now, only for 15 bucks. 
You can find it all at 101ESPN.com. We also talked to Brady Kachuk about Matthew's run to the Stanley Cup final. Game one right here on 101 ESPN on Saturday night. Talked to Brady about that and uh, much more. Had an interesting, not even an answer, just a kind of statement right off the bat that Jamie found interesting as well. So you could check that out at the podcast. And our guy Kyle Hebert was fantastic. St. Louis City SC won again over the weekend. So we talked to Kyle about the approach of City, how they were able to beat Vancouver, and also the first goal on graduation week for Miguel Perez of Pattonville High School. Congratulations, kid. Date? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No, Good I don't for think him. so. Probably didn't even, he probably didn't even take a date. He just showed up. You think? Took somebody else's date. Oh! <laughs> oh Anthony! Hey, I'm the captain. <laughs> he shows up. It's like, you. Oh, that's your girlfriend. Thank you. Yeah, well, Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> you see that goal I scored? Thank you. <laughs> Sounds like a great kid too. We <laughs> just we we just we just did the fast lane thing. Anthony just villainized, vilified him. I did. Yeah, I'd open the door. Yeah, All right, sure did. Marsh. What do we got? Criticisms, compliments. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, our guy Grant, who Jamie has fired numerous times, getting he's a coming uh, back. ricochet shot from he's the like gauntlet today. Keeps coming back <laughs> from the six three six. Pigeon. Pigeons always find their way home. They're called homing pigeons. <laughs> Is that true? Yes. That's why you tie letters to their feet. Those falcons. (laughs) What? A carrier pigeon? (laughs) I've never heard of a carrier falcon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, The falcon. Everything goes back to the falcons for Anthony. Jeez. Falcons are used to send messages. Anthony's falcon can't (laughs) quite get to the destination. No, they get about third. (laughs) (laughs) They get about... (laughs) Three quarters of the way there, and then somehow they like blow up. Uh, They go about 15 yards back. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Out of field goal range. Yep, that's 100% correct. Anyways, we get a text from the 636. All it said was Grant Dinkinger. Oh, no, no. That's that's harsh. Uh, And the reason uh, was because... You know, we had a little assist problem. Was it Leuven? You know, was it Stroud from the three one four? Was one of his assists during the Open Cup match? Is Marsh looking at MLS statistics versus full statistics? I am not doing the questions. I don't know how many times we have to say that? Yeah, <laughs> it's well, Grant. So you want to make sure you blame Grant? We had an official from the team give us the number. I would imagine they know what number they're passing on to yeah, us. Yeah, I would say so too. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. yeah, I'll take his word. Same. Over Anthony's. Over mine. Oh, absolutely. I did. I did say the answer. Yeah. The, yeah. I'm the looking at MLS. Homing Falcon. Darn right. <laughs> no, I'm looking at MLS right now. Yeah. There he is. Leuven. Five. Oh, yeah. Now you can find it. We'll figure out that mess tomorrow on the gauntlet. Probably it's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. It's replay coming up next. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. <laughs>